Please don't spoil the movie by adding your own soundtrack. And we're live. What's popping? Yeah, I can hear you. I tested everything before we started. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Totes my goats. How are you, lovely? I'm doing wonderful, darling. How are you? I'm good. Just woke up from a a brisk nap. A little little nappy. A little nappy nap. An afternoon. Being in the, the sweet evening sweet evening we do british accents pretty often here at please oh i always forget our, i always forget that new thing we're doing yeah i don't have a name for you today you I'm can s- find one in five seconds <sighs> i am <laughs> you can find one in five seconds five four three two one. Oh, look at that you don't have a name i have one right look now how ill prepared you are um i just came up with a name did you bring that vodka in here yeah Okay. <laughs> Is that my vodka? Did you I was like, where did that come from? Um, let's see, let's see. Name a movie that I just saw. What movie did I watch today? Oh, um Ooh, I got one. My name uh-huh. while we wait on you is Wednesday Adams. Ah, that's so hot right now. She's so hot right now. That Hansel. He's so hot right now. This is not a good one. Okay. I'm just going to do one that we already did. And I am... Not one you've already done. Oh, no. Like a movie we've done. Oh. Elizabeth James. Is that from The Parents Rap? Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. And welcome back to Please Don't Spoil the Movie. All right. Before we begin, I do want to say, don't forget to rate, subscribe, tell your friends, like, leave a review. like comment. it. Download the episode. That helps a lot. Even if it's a mean comment, the comments still um, help. I I, uh, <laughs> I can't handle the meanness. So if you just want to leave a one star and don't leave a comment, sure. Hey, if you're trolling us, that means you're talking about us, baby. Right. We're so, doing something good here. Okay. That's one way. All, pu- all publicity is good publicity. That's right, darling. And don't you forget it. Happy thank happy late Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving just passed. Yes. It's the holiday times. The most wonderful time of the year. I actually hate this time of year. I enjoy this time of the year for two reasons. Mm. One, off. the breaks. Time off, right. And two, the movies, of course. Oh. The holiday the holiday films. The Home Alones, the How the Grinch Stole Christmas, mm. the A Christmas Story, mm. the A Christmas Carol, mm. Christmas with the Cranks, Christmas with the Cranks, Four Christmases. Mm. Uh, what's the? What's the Adam Sandler one? Eight Crazy Nights. Eight Crazy Nights, love it. The Christmas movies are just fantastic. I don't know why there is no Thanksgiving movies there are some it's just not that it's not that hot right now um it's never been hot yeah i don't know one thanksgiving day movie with just like if you do a thanksgiving movie might as well do a christmas movie <laughs> i disagree there's enough christmas movies and not enough thanksgiving movies so there's enough movies. well i think the point of a christmas movie is like people are like everyone's supposed to go crazy like with a family and then the the mood of chris is supposed to bring you together i don't think anyone the mood of thanksgiving doesn't that doesn't happen but it, it's only that way because that's how the media has made it Spend that it. way yeah. how capitalism mm. has capitalized, capitalized on it. christmas you could very well do the same thing with thanksgiving but 
no one has decided to do that. Right. I was literally about to say Kristen Stewart just made a, a, a Thanksgiving movie, but it was Christmas for sure. See, there you go. Look at that. <laughs> eh, it's just not, it's not in right now. It's hot. Thanksgiving just doesn't get enough love. Sorry. I'm upset about it. I mean, is it, uh, what do you call it? Native American Heritage Day. Oh, maybe that's why. Maybe it shouldn't give. Yeah. Maybe. Nah. It's not too hot right now. <laughs> maybe it shouldn't get yeah. as much love then. Ooh. It's, re- it's rebranding. Right forgot, now. right. Forgot about the mass yeah. genocide mm-hmm. and the disease spreading. Mm-hmm. Deaths. And the colonization. Stolen land, man. That goes along with Thanksgiving. Uh, excuse me. Forgive me. Forgive me. So how was your Thanksgiving? Um, it was cool. I had the same Thanksgiving as you. Oh, so. really? Forgot. Yeah. That's my quick Because we're related. Family. Yeah. But cool, cool, cool. Uh, are you binging? Are you watching anything? Am I binging? Or am I watching anything? No, you're watching Wednesday. How is that going? Yeah. Um, I am only on the second episode. No. I like it. I think the girl who plays Wednesday does a fantastic job. Okay, does she? Yes. I think she is doing a great job at that role uh-huh. but i will say watching the show i'm like mm, i feel a little bit too old for this like oh. it's giving a little childish a little elementary it's giving disney channel not disney channel it's giving a netflix show that is for a 15 year old 16 year old to watch and at the ripe old age of 27 you think you're running out oh, that's <laughs> i'm just like Ooh, i'm too old for this um, not that much, but it's just like a little, a little thought in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever watched the, um, the series of unfortunate events show that was on Netflix? Oh yeah, I did. That, that kind of is, it's a little bit more darker and a little bit more adult than that, mm-hmm. but that's what I think of when okay. I watch it. I got sick of that show. Yeah. God. I was like, this is annoying. <laughs> they never win. They, they never win. I never finished the ending. So. I don't, it's not, it's, it's a life. It's like not a movie ending. It's like yeah, this is life ending. This is how. Just, oh really? That's how the show ended. It's yeah. It's not like they meet their parents again or well, like, the parents died, right? Or like they find they just they just have each other. Oh, they just like continue to go. I don't know. It's just like not like it wasn't. Did they ever get rid of what's his face? Yeah, he does die. Oh, but it's it's just not like I don't know. Right? And like I feel like they didn't answer my questions, and all, they kept bringing up all these people in the club and all that. I'm like. I feel like my answers were never, my Solved. questions were never answered. Well, I wonder how the series ends. Uh, I guess the series ends I, like that. I, I, I'm imagine that it ends very, this very similar. Ooh, but uh, that stuff was annoying because every time they got close to something happiness, just t- the devil <laughs> reeled them back in. I did watch. Um, while I was at work, while I was working from home, I was watching Fat Camp. I never heard of it. Is it called Fat Camp? That's the name of it. Fat Camp. Are you talking about heavyweights? Oh, heavyweights. They go to fat camp. Thank you. <laughs> like, fat camp. I was like, I watch fat camp. I'm like, is that a reality show? Sorry. I probably, probably was one. Wasn't it? I feel like I kind of watched that. Anyway, I watched Heavyweights today. Great. Classic. Great Disney film. Just a lovely movie. Just five stars. Five stars. Funny drama. One of you might be a CEO. One of you might be a promising politician. One of you, a rapper. And then they point to Keenan Thompson. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is so racist. I, I missed that one. <laughs> it's like when he first comes and he's like listing all of these, you know, illustrious careers, like a lawyer, a doctor. Right. And they're like going down the line, showing all the white kids. And then he gets to Keenan Thompson. And he said, 
a rapper. <laughs> I was like, ah! I was like, this is how y'all like to do us? Yeah. Ooh, that movie is hilarious. Jesus. It's like, um, it's giving High School Musical. No, 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 no. Stitch to the status quo when they gave the, they took the, they gave the black boy the basketball. That Corbin Blue, but the other one who played basketball. Oh. And he was, and was like, I want to do something else. And he was like, they were like, here's the basketball, sir. I'm not sure how that relates to heavyweights. Because they were putting him in a box. They were like, black <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, you're talking about, oh, the, the rapper yeah, scene. Yeah, oh. black boy, you yes. would be a basketball player. This black boy, you would be a rapper. <laughs> yes. Dribble that ball and rap that song. Rap that song. Anything else? Let's see. Um, that's about it. I did recently watch Where the Crawdads Oh, yeah. Thing. Talk about that. Um, so how I stumbled upon this film, I was going to Seattle or Sacramento, one of those places for work. And on the plane, you know how they have, they have the in-flight movies or whatever. Right. The trailer for that movie... Like, if you didn't select a movie, like, that trailer was just playing and playing and oh. playing and playing and playing. And I was like, okay, what is this movie about? So I was like, at some point, I'm going to have to watch it. But then it, it popped up on Netflix because it's on Netflix yeah. now. And me and mom watched it. It was really good. It's about this girl who lives in, like, the marshes of, like, North Carolina. Mm. I think it should have been set in Louisiana. Louisiana. Right. But she lives in, like, the marsh land of, like, North Carolina or whatever. And she was an abandoned when she was a child. So she's grown up and lived on her own. So she's very isolated mm-hmm. and alone. And somebody who she knows turns up missing. Ooh. And because she's so, like, you know, mysterious and recluse and whatever, they accuse her of the murder. Oh, that's so fun. That's not what I thought it was going to be about. Okay. Yeah, what do you think? I thought it was more like a love a love story. Oh no, there's a love aspect to it. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was mainly like love. Yeah. You said murder, now you got my attention. It's love and murder. My favorite things. The best combination yeah. ever. Love by itself, meh. Murder. Yes. Yeah, so those the guy, two together. The guy who Magic. who dies is somebody who she had a relationship with. Oh. And you think she did it? Don't tell me yeah. anything. Ooh, and it's like a murder mystery, like we're trying to figure out who did it. Yeah, so the the movie already starts off with her like they accused. find the dude's body. Uh-huh. They try to figure out who it is. Like the first twenty minutes, she's already booked and jailed for the dang crime. And Not then jail. the whole movie is kind of like how she became alone. Okay. How she met the guy who ended up dying. Oh, okay. It's just kind of like leads up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a good movie. It. I liked it. Yeah. Ten out of ten. Um, I wouldn't give it a ten out of ten, just because. I think there's some things we could have done better. <laughs> um, I won't di- dive in because right. that will spoil the movie. Podcast title. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think some things could have been tweaked a little bit better. Yeah. I give it a 7.5, 7.9. I wonder how it lines up with the book because it, it was a popular book. Oh, I yeah. It is, a, it is a novel. It's a hit wonder book. Yeah. Which they, you know, back in the day, I feel like they used to take time to find a book and turn it into a movie. Right. That ages. book got popular, like, I don't know, maybe like a year ago. I'm about to say, the book came out in 2018. 2018? Okay, that's a little further. Okay. But I feel like I've only heard about it in, like, the last year or so. I mean, yeah, if the yeah. book came out in 2018, it's got to give, you know, got to give it a couple of years to get a little popular. But yeah, they didn't waste no time yeah. making that movie. The Netflix. book came out yesterday. Yeah. Basically. They're yes. making that money now. Ooh. Making that money, honey. Right. As long, as long as Netflix needs uh stuff, book writers are <laughs> right. claiming stuff. They're Damn. cranking it out. Yes. All right. Do you wanna and here we go. You want to tell about this? Want to say the name of the movie we're spoiling today? So, think 
Disney Channel, one of our favorite film mm-hmm. production studios. Not Disney Channel, Disney, excuse me. Forgive me, my apologies. Oh. But think adolescence, think troubled children, mm. troubled life. Curses. Curses, mystery. Family. Family. Destiny. Destiny, money, greed, wealth. Thievery, Flash, villainy, racism, right. hatred. The list goes on. Donkeys, pigs, lizards, lizards, rattlesnakes, rattlesnakes, guns. If I kind of, I count snake uh, venom. While we're saying this, I hope people out there are trying to guess what, what we're doing. Because <laughs> if not, this is a waste of our oxygen and time. Well, it's also in the title, so it doesn't really matter anymore because you probably already know what we're talking about. <laughs> Wait, did we say the title already? No, but you know, I mean, like, click on the title of a show. <laughs> Oh, right. Yeah. That was for you. But today we are doing the infamous holes. We're doing holes, baby. Dig it up. Oh, oh. Dig it. Dig it up. Oh, oh. Oh, you got to go and dig those holes. Well, I guess it's time for us to dive in. Oh, I'm about to dive in. Okay. So, in case you've been living under a rock and you've never seen this classic, amazing child film, here it is. <laughs> here it is. <laughs> Excuse me. Here's the summary. Okay. Stanley Yelnats IV, played by Shia LaBeouf, and his family have been cursed to be incredibly unlucky. One day, Stanley is sentenced to an all-male juvenile boot camp after being falsely accused of thievery. Mm-hmm. At the camp, the boys are forced to work long hours and dig holes in the desert. While there, Stanley soon realizes how the actions of several people from the past have affected his life in the present. You know, it's funny. I just thought when you said he was accused of theor- thievery. I don't want to forget this thought, so I'm bringing it up now. <laughs> that his great-great-grandfather was yes. also, quote-unquote, a thief. He stole the pig. Oh, you think so? That's what his grandfather says. He was like, "Art, that no good stinking, stinking oh, uh, stealing, no go- good pig nose stealing, rotten." Uh, yeah, which is funny because that's kind of how they got in this whole situation. Because his, I great, guess, great, great, I feel great, like great. he didn't really steal the pig. She gave it to him. I mean, technically, back then he did steal the pig. I mean, like we bargained for things. Like, hey, I'm okay. gonna give you this pig so you can marry this girl. But in exchange for that pig, I need you to do this for me t- later down the line. I wouldn't call it thievery. I'd call it swindling. I feel like thievery is a strong word. I think he stole the pig. He didn't give anything in return. Swindle. swindle. I don't think he swindled either. Because I don't think he did it on purpose. I don't think he stole the pig on purpose. Yeah, but... He he dropped his contractual duties. We had a contract, yo. We shook on it. I don't know. Where's my I think... Cool. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Love. Okay. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Anywho. Especially you don't know what the movie's about. Right. Okay. So, the film was directed by Andrew Davis. It was written by Louis Schechter. 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 I totally. <laughs> Just didn't want to give up on it. S A C H. Oh my gosh. It's A R. Let it go. Oh my god. Just cut out the spellization of it, please. Based on the novel of the same name, it was originally published in August 1998. The novel, not the film. 1998? Wow. Yeah. When did this movie come out? 
The movie was released on April 18th. 2003. So like five years later. It's a quick turnaround. Yeah, they didn't waste no time just like when the crawl dating thing. And the budget, would you like to guess it? Um, Holes, middle of nowhere. I'm going to say uh, five million. Okay. Incorrect. Ten. Okay. Twelve. Okay. Fifteen million dollars. One more guess. Twenty million dollars. There you go. Twenty. Twenty million dollars. Okay. You're getting mediocre at this. <laughs> Can't say better. Uh, one day I'm just gonna have to have you. I'm just gonna spout off movies and say see if you can guess it. Oh baby, I'll get it every time. Mm-hmm. This is what I do. Okay. Summer of 2010. This was my life. Googling these movies, seeing who was in them, when they was coming out, what was the release date, how much it made, what was the box office? That's all they did. That was your bread and butter. That's my bread and butter, baby. Box office. Box office. Uh, $40 million. Okay. 50 Okay. $80 million. $71.4 million. Okay. So, decent. It was a decent success. Great. Disney Channel movie. As it should have been Children. for the fantastic storyline that it is. It's a really good. When I was watching it and taking notes, I was like, I need to watch this again while I'm not taking notes mm-hmm. so I can really dive in because it's so good. So many twists and turns, so many backstories, so many side stories. Three so stories many, in one. So much symbolism, so much intertangling. So Intertangling? Intertwining. Intertwining. Intertwining of the different stories and different mm-hmm. characters. Just so well written and so well thought out. Chef Kiss to the writer. Oh, I don't know if I mentioned that the writer mm. of the book is also the writer of the screenplay. Oh, cool. Yeah, so. So that's and, how the movie was so good. Yeah. Right. So, um, couldn't really find much on who was up for this, who was up for that. No, nobody right. stars here, okay? But um, the director did say when looking for Stanley Yelnets the fourth, he was looking for a young Tom Hanks. I guess Shia LaBeouf fit that bill, but... That's a hard thing to put on a child. Yeah. A what else? What Tom were we watching? Hanks. And somebody said they wanted a young Diane Keaton. What was that? Was that Matilda? It was Diane Keaton. It was it Mat- Clueless? It wasn't Clueless. Was it Matilda? No. A young Diane Keaton. I feel like it was a Lindsay Lohan movie. Was it Mean Girls? No. No. Mean Girls. Oh, it was it was it was the parent trap. trap. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The children. Right, right, That's right, what right. it was. That's what it was. Eureka. Okay. Moving on. Characters. Because there's a lot of characters in this movie, so I think it's worth noting. Who's plays who? Let's do it. Whom? Okay, Shia LaBeouf plays Caveman, Stanley Yelnats the fourth. Cleo Thomas plays Hector Zero Zeroni. Brandon Jefferson plays Rex X-Ray Washburn. Mm. Sojourner Weaver plays the warden Louis, no, Louise Walker. John Veit, Volt. Who's John? The warden. I mean, not the warden, Mr. Sir. Plays Marion, Mr. Sir. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Patricia Arquette plays Catherine kissing Kate Barlow. Mm-hmm. Tim Blake Nelson plays Dr. Mom Padinsky. Jack M. Smith plays Alan Squid. Brian Cotton. Mm. 
I don't know how I feel about that. Is that same being cotton? Yes. Place theater armpit Johnson. Just oh. think of all the go pick cotton jokes that he had to suffer through his entire uh, right. life. I wonder where he got this name. I wonder if it, that says like I would legally change that. I wonder what's the history. That's a very specific. Name. I don't know, but that's a tough life name to have as a black boy right. growing up in Texas. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then Miguel Castro plays Jose Magnet. Max Cash plays Ricky Zigzag. And Dual Hill plays Sam the Onion Man. Mm. And Henry Winkler. My favorite quote comes from Henry w- Winkler. If you sit at the table long enough, all the chips come to you. Play Stanley Yelnats the third. So he plays Stanley's daddy. Did you mention, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Madame Zeroni is played by. Oh, I didn't. And Madame Zeroni is played by Eartha the Eartha Kit. That's all I got. That's all I got. I will say before I start, a lot of these, a lot of my notes, because it's a book, I was able to find a lot of notes and background online. Just want to reference my notes. Thank you, the grade saver, because you saved this, because you helped me make these notes. And then, why are you looking like that? And schmoop. Why are you looking like that? <laughs> what are you talking about? When I was the typing these notes, and I helped you. What did I help you? You help me. No, no, no. They, because it's based off a book. Right. So instead of like typing all the notes, said, no, I, no, no. <laughs> I copied and pasted them. And I'm so, I'm sourcing my, my information. So these notes are from Cliff Notes or something? Kind of. Oh. Kind of not. I thought you were saying thank you to me. And I was like, Jordan, no, I, I did not contribute to these notes. Oh, no. I was not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm saying thank you to great. I, I, some of these notes I got from Gradesaver and .com and Schmoop. Oh, great saver. saver. I thought you said thank you, great savior. I thought you were calling me <laughs> the great savior for helping you with these notes. Oh. And I was like, what are you talking about? Thank you, the great savior. <laughs> yeah. That's something I've never said in my life. That's why I was so confused. Yeah. I was I'm perplexed. All right. Let's begin because this one's going to be a long one. A long one. My notes are little over, a little touching the seventh page. And it was scary writing them, but I couldn't, I couldn't get them down. So many stories. I know. It was really hard. Even when I was going back reading it, I was like, she's lost some stuff out. But I was like, I'm not even going to go back and add because it's 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 going to take forever. If it wasn't, if it wasn't like necessary, I had to leave it out. Yeah. Because I was like, she left it out. I was like, we don't need it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Okay. So. The film opens in the desert with a group of boys digging holes and the theme song plays in the background. Dig it up, oh, oh. Dig. Dig it up, oh, oh. Oh, 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 oh. So one of the uh, attendees of the camp, quote unquote, barf bag, is tired of digging holes. He's tired of being out there in the desert. I call it the desert, but it's a dried up lake. But in my head, I call it a desert. But it's, it's, a, it's, it's a dried it's up a lake. Desert. Yeah, I guess it's the desert. I don't know. Okay. So he's tired of digging holes and he takes off his shoe and he sees a rattlesnake in the distance and he has the rattlesnake. He gets close enough to it so the rattlesnake can bite him so he can go home and ends the scene. Which is actually kind of smart. Um, I don't know. I mean... We're a little far from civilization. I mean, in that that instance, no. But if you're like so miserable because they are literally in the desert, the middle of nowhere... Probably working from sunup to sundown in the hot heat. It doesn't rain out there. They're children. They're doing slave labor. It's slave it's labor. labor. They're camp. doing prison work. Yeah, it's a labor camp. And if you want to get out of there, that's a smart way to do it. Um, a, a sad way to think about it was that he was committing suicide. 
Oh, ooh, I didn't think. Ooh. Like I don't know. Like, Maybe I don't. That's I think, also an option. I think if that was the case, he would have tried to. He would have. We would have seen a, a lizard and not a rattlesnake. Yeah, because it was a sure death. Because that's that's a guaranteed thing. death. Yeah. But he was. I mean, I don't know what his intentions were, but he definitely wanted to get out of that situation for, for sure. sure. And then all the boys are trying to stop him. They're like, "No, Barf Bag, don't do it. It's not that bad out here." Yes, it is. Don't do it, Barf Bag. Hold on, Barf Bag. Do you think that he got that nickname because he barfed in a bag? I wonder where he barfed in a bag. Um, I guess probably like a barf bag. Yeah, it is. It's interesting. <laughs> interesting. Yes. So in the next scene, shifting gears, we see a young Stanley Yelnats, Charlotte Buff. the fourth, the fourth. He's walking. He's minding his merry own business, and he gets hit, plummeled in the head. <laughs> With some tennis shoes. A young Shia LaBeouf. A young Shia LaBeouf. This was his film debut. This was oh, the first lovely. movie he was ever in. Did, I wonder if he did this before or after Even, Even Stevens. Stevens. He was filming. He, like, the show was yeah, okay. in production, running, while he filmed this here movie. Right. So, he gets in the head by a pair of shoes. He's like, oh my goodness, shoes. Sure. What what what's my luck to mm-hmm. get these lovely, nice, expensive red and white Clyde Livingston sneakers in the movie? Clyde Livingston is a baseball player played by Rick Fox. Oh, he's a baseball player. Okay. Yes, I assume they're basketball. baseball sneakers or something. Oh, they are. They're cleats. Yeah, they're cleats. So he gets these nice cleats. He's like, oh my goodness, cool cleats that just fell from the sky magically. Mm-hmm. I'll take them. So he's 13. walking. He's minding his business. All of a sudden, you hear sirens. You hear the ambulance. You hear cops pull up on him. Right, and, and he's he's running, too. So he looks suspicious. Oh, yeah. And at this point, he's yeah, like, now jog- he's running. He's jogging for whatever reason. <laughs> he's running for his life. And the police get out the car. They stop him. They're like, what's your name, boy? Give me those shoes. Where'd you get those shoes from? Mm-hmm. And he's like, my name's Stanley Yelnets the fourth. He's such a little nerd. He's adorable. He's such a precious little baby. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's... He's been taken to the police. And the police take him to his family's apartment. And there we walk into his his home and we see... They're very poor. Yes. And clutter everywhere. There's shoes everywhere. There's a machine. And we find out that his dad is an inventor and he's trying to find something to make shoes smell good and like stop athletes feet yeah to make shoes odorless basically but there's like in the apartment there's shoes everywhere there's machine everywhere clearly he's not successful in his business he's still trying to figure out smells like feet he's he asks the officer to to smell his shoe he's really into it not in a weird way but he just he's just I don't know. That is he's weird, a, actually. He's passionate about what he's trying yeah, to create. A slight foot fetish, but and we'll leave it there. And he has not been successful Mm-mm. in his endeavors. So once the police enter Stanley's home with Stanley, they give the parents the rundown. Hey, your kids stole these shoes. The grandpa who lives with them, so Stanley's grandpa, Stanley's father's father, mm-hmm. um, is very defensive. And he's like, second how dare you come into our home and accuse him of thievery? Right. He would never, he didn't steal these shoes. Mm -hmm. And the mom and the dad are just like, everyone calm down. No. And then they take Stanley. Then the cops ask to see Stanley's room. So they go into Stanley's room, which he shares with his grandpa. Indication of how poor they are. God. (laughs) 
Jesus. Um, Jesus. And they share a room and you find that Stanley has this wall, his side of the room decorated with Clyde Livingston posters and autographed pictures and all this stuff. And then the cops are like, well, obviously you stole stole the the shoes shoes, because here you are with this shrine to Clyde Livingston. It's, It's in the bag. You're done. Who isn't a fan of this man? He's a 14-year-old boy. Yes. That's not enough evidence, Your Honor. Correct. Who isn't a fan of a baseball player at 14 years old? Exactly. So that night at dinner, the family is discussing their curse. And apparently it's just on the men of the family. Stanley's great, great grandfather. Grandfather. Mm Mm-hmm. Got a curse put on him. I think we learn about it a little bit later, but yes. there's a curse on the family. Only affects the men, and they sing the song. If only, if only the woodpecker sighs, the bark on the tree was as soft as the sky. And the mom's like, "Stop talking about the curse. I don't, I don't like that talk." And Sam's like, "It's okay, mom. I don't believe in it. Our court, ca- my court case is coming up. We'll be just fine." Cut Little to the- does he know. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Cut to the next scene. That curse is in full effect, baby. Yes. Then the next scene, the judge is like, guilty. And he's like, oh, wow. Um, yeah. So the, the judge literally is like, first of all, the punishment does not fit the crime here. Shoes. He's, he's a 14-year-old boy. I don't care who they belong to. I don't care if they belong to Jesus Christ himself. They sentence this boy. First of all, the judge is a douche. He's like, I could send you to jail right now and I wouldn't leave any sleep over it. And he was like... They're in Texas, but, by the way. Huh? It's very Texas. Yes, Texas. very Texas. He sounds like a Texas Southern judge from and that's like, why he's, you know, Texas 1952 kind of harsh. Jim Crow era. Yeah. The way they're treating him, you would swear to God he was a black man. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, why are we talking to this It's an intense boy for like a 14 year old boy who... I'm sure this is his first crime... Mm-hmm. And he stole shoes. And honestly, there's to me, there's not enough evidence. Yes. He just found them. Yeah, it's not at all. But anywho, so the judge is like, I could sentence you to jail right now and I wouldn't lose any sleep over it. Sir. But then he tells him there is an opening at this boy's camp called Camp Green Lake. Mm. And he gives Stanley the option. He said, Camp Green Lake or jail. And Stanley says, well, I've never been to camp before. And he sentences him to 18 months, a year. And some change. In eight months to Camp Green Lake for some shoes. That That is like forever. That legal and system is terrible. For horrible. shoes. Some of, some of the worst I've ever seen. That's why if you ever commit a murder in Texas, run. Because they're going to try and give you the death penalty. Harsh, <laughs> harsh not, judicial system. Not if you ever kill somebody, they might try to kill you. <laughs> or she, that, whatever. That was a bad example. <laughs> but hey, the judicial like, system is harsh out in Texas. Yes, you should have said like if you steal some bread, they'll try to kill you. You were like, if you murder an entire family, they're gonna try to put you to death. They're gonna <laughs> put you to death. It's like, well, I mean, but some states don't allow it. But death penalty, Texas is pretty loose with it. Yeah, yeah, they'll throw it at you. But so he is sentenced to 18 months. It's crazy. At Cramp Green Lake. An abuse of the legal system. I feel like the lady must have, he must be getting like little kickbacks when he sends kids over there. Because there's no way. Oh, some, like a prophet? Yeah. Probably. This doesn't make any sense why you would send him there 18 um, months. Also, we, this is also part of his destiny. You know, he could sit in there, bark bag just left, barf bag just left. Oh, that was the opening. That's the opening. Oh, I never even made that. That's connection. the opening that happened. That makes De- sense. He's destined to to go there in wow. my head. I never even made that yeah. connection. That the opening was barf bag. bag. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
Yes, yes, yes. So on the tr- what? Oh, you, say. you could watch this movie a thousand times and, <laughs> and still so- miss everything. It's still miss so many things. things. Right. So uh, Stanley is sent off to camp and on his drive up to the Camp Green Lake, we see like hundreds and thousands of holes everywhere. And while he's passing on the road, we see like a ghost-like figure of an old-timey black man with a donkey and buggy. When I saw that, I was like, is he psychic? Like, how is he seeing right. this, this old man? It's just like, it's weird. So he's on the bus. He passes them up and he sees him. Like a ghost. The ghost. He sees him as clear as day because yeah. you watch him look at him and turn his head and it's right. like, who was that? So yeah, that's weird. So that he's, th- it's kind of haunted Yeah. Yeah. So he sees, basically on his way there, he sees a haunted ghost with right. a donkey. And um, preface that although this camp is called Camp Green Lake, there's no lake. No lake. They are in the desert. Yes. The lake is dried up. For Go. years. For years. Okay. So now at camp, Stanley meets Mr. Sir. And that's what you to call him. For now, we do not know his real name. And he loves to eat sunflower seeds because he just um, quit smoking. And he is very, very mean. Yeah. Think old correctional officer. Not to be played with. Very Texas very stern man he's he's mad at life and he chooses to take that out on children yeah he's just real angry very angry so I feel like in a in a different life he could have been a nice man but in this life he's just he's a he's mean a, pretty much all the counselors here are um ch- child abusers i would like to everyone in this every adult that works at this camp needs to be in prison yes so mr sir tells stanley as he's showing him around that um, by the way, you know, no one runs away from here because they're basically in a desert and they have the only water source for 100 miles. So mm-hmm. if you ever think about running, go ahead, go ahead and, and die because you ain't getting nowhere. Yes. And he also tells him that the rules of the camp, he's basically giving him an orientation. <laughs> so he's telling him, you try to run away, you're going to die. Um, every day you were to dig one hole your shovel is your measuring stick, five feet wide, five feet in diameter. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also tells him to stay away from rattlesnakes, but also to stay away from the yellow spotted lizards mm-hmm. that they have on the campgrounds. And of course, Stanley's like, oh my God, rattlesnakes, what? And Mr. Sir is like, Don't you would them. think to worry right. about the rattlesnakes, but if you get by a rattlesnake, there's a chance you might survive. No, right. that's not a guaranteed death. You know, you get the to the hospital enough, you're you're good. But if you get bit by one of these yellow spotted lizards, that is a guaranteed slow and painful death. Instant. Instant. You will not survive that. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to say Mr. Sir has like a crooked eye. Does he have a crooked eye? It's like, it's like, I don't even know. It's like lazy. It's like, it's like halfway a lazy. shut. Yeah. It's like, it's like. He's like squinting 100% yes. of the time. As you said that, I was just thinking him like, yeah, it's like, it's like he's looking at a book and <laughs> he needs glasses. Right. That's what his eyes do. But yeah, so he tells him that you get by, bit by one of these yellow spotted lizards, your life is officially over. It's done so, honey. Which is why do they have these kids here? Yes. And then next, Mr. Uh, Mr. Stanley meets Dr. Pendesky. Yes. Who at first appears very nice. He seems nice. He's like, you might have made some bad decisions in your life, but that does not make you a bad person. Right. He seems very nice. He's not. 
And, <laughs> He's, it's weird. Yeah. And he tells him the number one rule of the camp is not to upset the warden. We don't see... Is she, oh, I'm sorry. They're kind of a mystery for a good bit of the movie. Yeah. The warden. Who, we who don't see is. the warden for a while. Um, and, and then so mm-hmm. Dr. Padinsky... Um, is introducing Stanley to the campers um, there who are also in his tent. So we are introduced to Theodore, a.k.a. Armpit, Rex, um, a.k.a. X-Ray, who I cannot stand, mm-hmm. and Alan, a.k.a. Squid. They come up, they ask um, Dr. Padinsky, okay, who's this? And they ask about Barf Bag. Is Barf Bag coming back? Dr. Padinsky says no, he will not be coming back because um, he's on dang near his deathbed yeah and they introduce him to stanley then stanley goes to his tent where he meets kind of quote unquote zero for the first time yeah so once okay so yeah so we meet all those three then once he gets to the tent he's in tent d or something like that then we also meet um magnet whose real name is jose and we also meet zigzag whose real name is ricky we are introduced to zero who is very 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 tiny Tiny, and precious and he has a 3c curl pattern oh okay and he does not talk oh yeah he's a mute he don't speak and Dr. Podesky, who I thought was nice off bat, immediately says he doesn't, Zero doesn't talk because there's nothing going on in his stupid little head. Yeah. He has this weird obsession, obsession for this child. hatred for Zero for whatever reason. Why? Because he don't even talk. He don't talk. He don't bother nobody. He digs his hole and he go about his day. So what's the beef? I don't know. I get. I want it to be racist. It's not racist because he doesn't do that to the other little black boy. Because he and yeah, he don't do it to armpit or X ray. Yeah, I don't know what his deal is with zero, but <laughs> it's weird. Keep playing with my uh, my friend. He gonna show you what he bow. Period. Poo. Mm-hmm. So Stanley is trying to learn the way of the land while also being bullied by his his tent mates and his fellow peers. In the mess hall, um, Stanley tells everyone there that he is there because he was accused of stealing a pair of Clyde Livingston's sweet feet shoes from a homeless shelter that the um, basketball or what you said? baseball player, player had donated to. And when Zero hears this, he makes a face, dot, dot, dot. And then he asks him a question. He yeah. asks him something like, oh, were they red? No, did they have red X's mm-hmm. on them or something like that? And everyone at the table literally gasps like, <gasps> because they have never heard him talk before. And this is the first time he has opened his mouth like, to ask a question yeah. to Stanley, Stanley about these shoes. And Stanley's like, yeah, they did have red X's on them. And he's like, how'd you know that? And he's like, no, never mind. Mind your business. So that night, Stanley can't sleep and he has a flashback to dinner with his family discussing their bad luck and how his dad's inventions don't work because of the um, the curses that the family has. And his dad mentions that the first Stanley Yelnez. Yelnets. 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 Am I saying that? Yelnets. You said Yelnez and then you said something else. Yelnets. One big in the stock market, but lost everything when he was robbed by Kissing Kate Barlow. Played by Patricia Arquette. Yes. Who kisses everyone she kills after she kills them. But 
the original Stanley Yalnets was not kissed, so he lived. So yeah. we get a little flashback here mm-hmm. to like I don't know Western times, think like cowboy, the cowboy era. Um, and kissing Kate Barlow, we see her. She's with her and her little band of vigilantes, mm-hmm. and they are holding up Stanley Yelnats the first up at gunpoint. They're rifling through his caravan carriage. I don't know what it is, carriage, and yeah. they steal his basically like his pot of gold, his treasure chest, his treasure chest that has his name on it. It's like this big brass. Think like literally a treasure chest that has Stanley Yelnats on it and they steal it from him and they leave him alive in the desert. Stranded. She doesn't kill him because if she had killed him, she would have kissed him. But they leave him stranded out in the desert and he basically goes dang near insane because he's left out there with no food, no water for 14 days and 14 nights. But he survives and passes down the lineage of the Stanley Yelnat's name. So the, before the next morning, before the sun even comes out, the boys are up getting ready to dig their hole for the day. God bless them, because I'd be so upset. They had to be up at like four in the morning. Yeah, the sun is nowhere near the to sun coming is up. No way near. Also, I do wonder because you know they dig holes throughout the whole campsite. Do they have to walk to their new that's location? What I was, that would that's what I was trying to find out because when they're done, like they all finish digging their holes at different, different times of the day. Yeah, because you so to- you would think because you would think oh they get dropped off together they leave together but they all get done. At different points of the day. So they all just walk back to the campsite. And then sometimes it's really far. Yes. Like really far. Like miles. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what? Right. I never thought about that part. But because of course Mr. Sir's not letting them ride in his truck. Right. They're walking. Right. That's terrible. And y'all making them walk out in the desert by themselves in the dark? If they're surrounded by those lizards that stay in the the hole. This place is a breeding ground for prison time yeah. okay these adults should be locked up not the children mm-hmm. so mr sir tells stanley that if he finds something interesting let him know because the warden is looking for s- something interesting quote unquote and will get him the day off if he um if she likes it and stanley's basically like okay so what in particular should i be looking for and he's like you're not looking for anything you're out here to build character, character. He's like, okay. You take a bad boy, make him dig holes all day in the hot sun, and it turns him into a good boy. That's our philosophy here at Camp Green Lake. You know what's funny? That they keep that lie going. Yes. You're here to build character. That's not true. You're not looking for anything. Come on. What's the logic behind a camp to just dig holes for nothing? Purposely to dig holes? Not even today's prison system gives unnecessary labor, okay? Right. If you go to Angola, they're picking cotton, because they pick cotton at Angola. They pick cotton for a reason. For profit. Yes. To make that, to spin that cotton into your nice little wool and cotton pants that you're Uh wearing, okay? That you wear for Christmas. Okay, no one gives out labor just to give it out for no purpose. Right. And like in my head, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that's something to do. But like when you really think about it, because when I first heard the story, I was like, yeah, they're just doing it to to be cruel. (laughs) Right. But like when you really think about it, yeah, she's definitely looking for something. Why are we just digging holes just to dig a hole? Especially if you mention it. Yeah. But if I was him, I'd be like, okay, whatever. We're just digging holes to dig holes. I'm just a child. Yeah, I'm just a child. I'm just trying to make it through the day. So Stanley begins to dig, which I will say, this is like hard ground. I think it'd be impossible. I don't know how they, any of them dig the hole. 
It's not hard ground. It's sand and dirt. I don't know. It's just, it's like, that's really hard work. Like, could you imagine? Uh, uh, yeah, it's hard work for sure. But like, digging in like dirt, like kind of soft grass, that's, to me, it's just like not even, it wasn't even sand. It was just like literally dried up, just it's, hard. It's it's dirt. But it seems impossible. No one said this was easy work, Jordan. It just seems impossible. I'm like, how do they even do it? And they're cho- they're like children. Yeah, how Zero is able to do that? I don't understand. Right. Because he's literally like 4'11". Yes. So Stanley, it's not going well for Stanley. The kids are like basically bullying him. As they dig their holes out and, and dump the dirt, they're like dumping it into Stanley's hole. He is not fitting in well here. Yeah. The poor baby. He the poor is baby. the new kid he's on getting the block. It. And they are really treating him like that. Yes. He's getting bullied, poor abused, thing. verbally, physically, left and right. Poor baby. So while this is because ha- so this movie has a lot of flashbacks in it, so we're gonna do a lot of flashbacks. So while this is happening, Stanley stands up, he looks off into the distance, and he hears his in, in his like internal monologue. He hears his grandfather to begin to tell the story of their curse. So it all starts with no good, dirty, rotten, pig stealing, great great grandfather, and you yell next. In a little village in La- Latvia. Where he is working and he spots a beautiful girl whom he decides then and there that he loves and wants to marry. And he goes to a fortune teller, Madame Zeroni, for advice. Played by Eartha Kitt. Yes. And she's hearing his story and she's like, you should just go to America. Forget, because the girl that he likes is Myra Minky. And he, he's like, she's like, leave that girl alone. She's an idiot. Go to America. My son... Just went to America too. That's how we get to America. Um, don't worry about that little girl. She's an idiot. Go to America. You seem like a smart boy. And he's like, no, 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 no. My penis <laughs> says I need to go after this girl. <laughs> my penis leads my brain. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not seeing idiot. I'm seeing a pretty face. <laughs> and that's all I care yes. about. Yes. But he doesn't follow her advice, and instead he goes to ask Myra's father for permission to marry her. He laughs in his face. You have nothing. Because he has nothing to offer. Because, of course, back then, this is like dowry dowry times. You need a cow and a pig and a goat and three sheep to marry one girl. Mm -hmm. And And he ain't got none of that. And there's already this... This fat, sloppy, big man there. Named who had, e- his name is Igor. Igor, who wants to he marry. He looks like an Igor. He does. He wants to marry Myra, too. And he has assets. Baby. Yeah. He has a pig. He has a pig. To offer. And so that as, like, Eeyore over here got a pig. What you got? And he's like, I just have love and affection. And he's like, come <laughs> back to me when you got something of value. Right. So... Elia goes back to Madame Zeroni. He kind of spills her the tea. And she's like, okay, fine. If you're not going to take my advice, here's what you should do. (laughs) She has a boatload of little piglets. Mm -hmm. And she's like, take this little piglet right here. And then he's like, well, what am I supposed to do with this baby piglet? Right. That doesn't solve my problems. Madame Zeroni is basically like, you have to take the piglet. You have to nurture it. You have to take care of it. You have to take it up the mountain every day. Make it drink water from the stream so it can get big and strong. And while you do that, you have to sing. If, if only, if only the woodpecker sighs. The bark on the tree was as soft as the skies. While the wolf waits below hungry and lonely, he cries to the moon. If only, if only. 
So basically, she tells him that he has to do all that. Yes. So the pig will get bigger, and then he will also get stronger. Yes. So while the pig gets big and fat, he gets strong because he's carrying the pig up the mountain. Mm-hmm. So it's a life lesson. It's like a wipe on, wipe off type of situation. Yeah. Next a real Mr. Miyagi Mikey, yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. He's like, and why am I doing so, this? At some point, we see him doing all of this. And then so after that's completed, Madame Zeroni says, okay, once you give the pig off to... Um, the father. Myra's father. Yeah. Myra, Myra Minky, um's dad. Then you have to take me up to the mountain. And you have to let me drink from the stream so that I can get big <laughs> and strong. <laughs> But if you forget to come back for Madame Zeroni, you and your family will be cursed for always and eternity. That's the contract right there. Yeah, that's he, the agreement. Yeah, if, when he she breaks, gives him the pig. He's got to eventually take her up the mountain and let her get big and strong. I don't know why she finds it necessary. Like, I don't get why she needed that. Because she needs someone to take care of her because her son's gone. Who's gonna, who's gonna watch her? I don't know why she didn't go to America. Why she need to go up to a mountain and drink water, girl? If you don't go to the faucet, that I'm assuming the water there is good and healthy. I don't know. It's like because he, I mean, he could bring the pig anywhere. You don't have oh. to go up this mountain. What is this? The fountain of youth water? Basically, it's 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 got it's got good minerals. Oh, yeah. Okay, well that's the contract. That's the so, contract. Now that the pig's all big and strong, Elia finally goes to um the daddy and presents the pig to him and Eeyore is there as well as the dumb blonde that he is interested (laughs) in marrying. And he tells Myra, he's like, I'll let you pick. The pigs are the same. They're both fat. They're both big. And she's like, Oh gosh, I get to choose. Oh, so she's like, I know I will pick a number between one and 10. And at this point, Elio's like, huh? Babe. He said, what? What's going on here? What's, it should be easy. Look at him and look at me. This should be an easy, easy selection. So after her literally being dumb and not seeing a prize mm-hmm. standing in front of her because Elio's really hot, he gets annoyed and Handsome. he's like, you can keep my pig. Consider it wedding present. <laughs> and so he storms off in frustration and anger because he did all of this and he does not get Myra in the end because he does realize, like, Madame Zeroni did she's tell him that she's, in fact, a dummy. Mm-hmm. So he storms off in frustration and all of this was kind of for nothing. Yeah. But he does take Madame Zeroni's original advice and he does make his way to america america but he but a big butt what did he forget to do on his way girl he forgot to go and carry her up the mountain and let her drink that water so she could get big and strong like mm-hmm. the pig therefore creating the, the curse. curse and that house the curse is created mm-hmm. he never took madame zaroni up the mountain so that she could get big and strong so now like she promised his family is now cursed forever in and all eternity so back at the camp we learn it's another day of digging but we learn that zero is the fastest dinner digger despite <laughs> despite <laughs> being the fastest digger, digger in all the right. land run digger run <laughs> despite being like the, the tiniest little thing there he's like literally like 
he's four, four, I, five, he's four not even tall. like five eight. Yeah. He he oh, has to be like that. eleven years old. It's like five. He's five feet tall at max. Yeah. That's yeah. No, yeah. Oh. Like maybe ninety pounds. Yeah. Yeah. He's really tiny, but he just he, think child size. Yeah. But he and somehow he is the fastest digger in all of the land. Meanwhile, Stanley literally takes him the entire day. He's finishing last to complete his hole. So. Um, once Zero and everybody else has finished their holes, Stanley is the last left behind, and he makes his way back to camp, and while there, I guess he's, like, you know, showering or taking off his scrubs or whatever, and just before he hops into the shower and decompresses, he is met with the fangs of a yellow spotted lizard and he is a moments away from being bitten but just in time mr sir shoots the yellow spotted lizard and spares stanley's life because got good aim. that lizard was inches away from leaping onto stanley and killing him killing him they're really big jumpers apparently yeah they leap they leap they're leapers yes <laughs> i'm a leaper i'm a leaper <laughs> i'm a leaper <laughs> new girl new girl that's my favorite scene ever Ooh, girl the first time I saw that, I had tears in my eyes. Just the whole tears. clip is funny. Tears. Because he's, he's like, pretending to be a gay he's man. Like, he's like, you leap? Well, let, me, let me see your leap. Let me see it. Yeah, come on, leaper. He's let the best. Leap. It's going to be a real show. <laughs> That's what Schmidt <laughs> says. It's going to be a real show. Woo, he was funny. They he's was like, like, yeah, let show. me see your leap. <laughs> Such a good show. Oh, hilarious. So that, that, that scene happened. And then we see Stanley riding home to his mom. And he's, like, pretending that camp is nice. And that everyone is, like, really nice to him. And they have these cool activities. He's like, the water's so fresh. Oh, and I yeah. just learned how to jet ski. And the lake is just so right. vast and blue so and luxurious. So and nice of him. food is delicious. Mm, and Meanwhile, every- they're in a desert. And they're being served slop. And everyone is mean to him. And he is in danger of dying every day every at day. this camp. But he is selling the dream to his mm-hmm. mom. Which is so sweet. Yes. So sweet. S- such a sweet boy. Right. And to lie to his mom is so nice. Yes. To make her feel better. <laughs> mm-hmm. So out at the lake, quote unquote, another day of digging. And this time, Stanley has found a fossil in one of the holes that he, one of the holes that he was digging and brings it to Dr. Pendesky, hoping that he can get the rest of the day off as an award. And he is told that the warden is not interested in your this little fossil, babe. This is not what she's looking for. Oh, they're looking for. And he's told that he needs to find something more interesting. X-ray. Wait, I do want to. I uh-huh. do want to emphasis or emphasize when he goes up to Doctor Podinsky and shows him the fossil, and they're like, "Come on, you for real? <laughs> like about this?" Um, one of the boys. Uh-huh. Who was it? Not zigzag. The other one squid squid he says he says something to the effect of um he was like oh stanley really must belong in a cave man right okay he says stanley must really belong in a cave man Man. foreshadowing yes foreshadowing so i just wanted to point that yes that tip it out so uh, um X-Ray, who is like the leader of the group? He's the leader of Tent D or whatever. He is the Regina He's number one. George. He's number one. Yes. He is the Red Heather. Red Heather. He is the Cher. Mm-hmm. He's running the show. He is Annie. A- Annie? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, like Annie and Hallie? Yeah. I was like, what's her name? What's her last name? She's the Annie. I was like, Annie the musical? Question mark? She is. No. Hallie Parker. Hallie Parker. He is the Hallie Parker. LOL. I was like, what are you doing? the Hallie Parker. I was like, Annie. We got Annie. Okay. And why, first of all, the two characters, honestly, that I hate the most more than the warden and Dr. Sir and Dr. Pradinsky Mm -hmm. is literally X ray and Zigzag. Yeah, Zigzag's a hater. I hate them so much. Everybody, for whatever reason, X-Ray is like their fearless leader. Whatever he says goes. Mm -hmm. And he literally looks like a poindexter. He has these glasses. I guess that's why they call him X-Ray. Because you can literally do an X-Ray on a microscope with a magnifying glass. Mm -hmm. You can burn an ant on his glasses. (laughs) They're so huge. And he's got these big old bug eyes. And everyone's like petrified of him. But I'm just like, I don't get it. Because I feel like I could flick him and he'd blow away into the dust. He's confident. With the desert. He's just confident. They're also, it's also because he has, he's probably, because he's been there the longest. And I don't even think he's been there that long. He only been there six months. When they got there? Yesterday? He only been there six months? Yes. Maybe He says so. that he's only okay. been there for six months. Okay. So, X-Ray, after hearing that Stanley, quote, unquote, found something, he says, in the future, if you find something else, go ahead and give it to me. Because he said he deserves it because he's been there the longest. Yeah, he's like, I've been here for six months and I haven't found anything. None of us have. You just got here. So why do you deserve a day off right. over me, basically? And Stanley's like, okay. Being a little, yeah, being a little, <laughs> the little timid little boy that he is, Stanley agrees. Oh, you want to know something interesting? Mm. When I was, you know, doing my research Googling. on the film. Um, in the book, mm-hmm. originally Stanley, his character is like obese. Obese. That I did hear. I was when I was doing my notes. I read that was one of the reasons why they gave him the nickname Caveman because he was bigger. Oh, really? Yeah, but I was like, oh, because they definitely lost that because him in the movie is really tiny. But yeah, I didn't see. I don't get that. But um, like a cave. Why do you think of caveman? He's like. Oh. I don't know. I don't think of a fat person. Why do you think a big person? I I didn't see why the tiny little man from yeah Shia LaBeouf yeah. Ah, like even then person. I don't think of a when I think of a caveman I don't think of a big person. I think of someone who's hunched over and looks kind of like a half human half ape. Yeah, but yeah. Anywho, yeah. but in the book he while at camp he loses a s- absurd amount of weight right. throughout the process because he's working hard because yes. they work criminal hours. That's crazy. They work. 50 hours a day. They're like naked and afraid. <laughs> yeah. Like, They're like the naked and afraid people, but in like a day's time. Yeah. They come in, they lose like 60 pounds yes, in like 12 their BMI days. goes down to negative 5%. That movie, that show's crazy. I love it. Um, And then while on this day, we also learned from Dr. Pendesky that the warden's grandfather used to own the lake. Oh, no. Still owns the lake. Or now she owns the lake, I guess. And the whole town that back was in the there day. Yeah. Before it dried up. Yes. It became what, a desert. Exactly. Which leads to another flashback. More flashbacks. Yes. So we get a flashback of Sam the Onion Man, which is the same um, ghost figure that Stanley saw when he first came to camp. So think young black <laughs> black southern Decently attractive. Nice. Slim. Sweet. Sultry. Country. Entrepreneur. Yeah. Good with his hands. Yes. But he is famous for selling his sweet onions that cure all these things. Like, they help with baldness and if you're sick and all this. They also... 
whatever. And they also apparently keep the yellow lizards away from you. Yes. If so you drink it. even back in this, so this is, we're flashing back to, I don't know, 1905 or something. I don't know. Back in those times. Mm -hmm. And there is still an onion problem. Excuse me. A yellow spotted lizard problem. And Sam insists that my onions juice and cures and remedies keep the lizards away. I did when I was doing my notes because the notes are based off of the book. So they had added stuff in there. But it did say back, like, because this is 100 years ago, but back in the day, the yellow spotted lizards, they never came into town. They stayed on the mountain that they end up going to. Oh. And then, like, the there were men who used to go over there to do farming or something. Oh. And they would buy his juice when oh. they went over there to keep the lizards away from him. Oh. So, like, back in the day when it was thriving, they didn't have gotcha. similar problems that they have now. Gotcha. So now okay. they so now they come to because they couldn't. I guess they couldn't pass the river, so they stayed oh, on the mountain. But then once the river dries, dries up, they they. Oh, that makes sense. Yes. I wish they would have mentioned that. Right. And while Sam is out there selling his onions, Miss Catherine Barlow comes out of her classroom. She's a teacher, and she goes over to talk to Sam. The two had this thing where. He gives her some onions in exchange for her famous peaches. Peaches. So yeah, she's this real cute blonde hair. Very nice. Very sweet. She's giving English teacher. Yeah, she's giving Mrs. Think honey. I'm Mrs. Honey. Yes. Think Mrs. Honey. Mrs. That's honey. her. Love from lovely Matilda. lady. But not as um timid. <laughs> right. Not Cowardly. As timid. Yeah. <laughs> as a, little, Miss honey. a little more backbone. Yeah. But yes, but, sweet lady. Um, you can obviously tell Sam and Miss, not Miss Honey, what's her name? Kate. Catherine. Catherine. You can obviously tell that these two have a little chemistry. A little chemistry, a little friendship. They got a little, a little, little eye gazing going on at each other, you know? Yes. And while they're having this interaction, we also meet the Wharton's grandfather. grandfather who who's, owned the lake. Yeah. His dad, at the time when he was younger, his dad owned the town. So he's like a... But he's like a rich boy, thinks he deserves everything. He runs the town. And he, we kind of see that he has a crush on Catherine. As well. Yes. I also did write. So his name is Trout. Or his mm-hmm. nickname is Trout. I did read. In, that his feet of, smelled. Yes. That he he smelled like fish or something. Yeah. Because Oh, yeah. Because his feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His feet smelled like trout. Which is all comes together because the dad has a business trying to cure feet. It's all, it's all one big. Everything has. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Girl, it all, it it all has some kind in. of connection. We're going to have to read this book. I literally, I was like, I'm going to have to read this book. Yeah. For or, real. Or, or just read the spark notes because they were really good. <laughs> but That's you. Um, so in the next scene, we see Stanley in the rec room and he's just, you know. He's minding his minding Stanley his business. Nats business. And he gets, someone bumps into him, which leads him to bump into this older guy there. So if Stanley's like 14, the, the guy he bumps into is like 17. 18. <laughs> I only say 18, 18 because he after would be in a real jail. Yeah. You're right. But like <laughs> 17, he turns 18 in like three months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the like really big. He probably did something very serious to get in there. Yeah. This is this is the guy you don't want to mess yeah. with. And Stanley accidentally bumps into him. And so the guy, after Stanley bumps into him, he's like, watch it. And Stanley's like, you watch it, man. And then he's like, what did you say to me? And he's, he's like, like, I'm sorry. Look, I didn't mean anything. He quickly it. regrets it. Yeah, he quickly <laughs> regrets even turning a hair up at that man. Yeah. And right before the guy is about to like attack Stanley, X-Ray and Armpit and all the other guys from Tent D mm-hmm. um, come to Stanley's defense and they're like, hey, 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 chill, chill. bro. Like, 
if the warden sees or hears about a fight, she's going to come down on all of us. Let's just keep it, keep it copacetic, keep it chill. And then the big scary guys basically like, just keep him away from me. And then they're like, we got you. Sure. Totally. For sure, for sure, for sure. And so the um, situation de-escalates and they're like, okay, let's go. And then everyone's kind of like huddled up and they're like, no one messes with the caveman. Mm-hmm. Did you see the caveman back there? Caveman's <laughs> ruthless. Yeah. And then Stanley's like, hey, 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 I don't want to mess with anybody. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> He's no. like, what's going on? Yeah. And then they're like, man, just don't mess with the caveman. And then they all walk off and they're like, they turn to Stanley and they're like, you coming, caveman? And then he's like, me? wait, me? He's like, I have a nickname. I'm, I'm the caveman? I have a nickname. Oh my goodness. So, this is delightful. Right. So they finally are letting him integrate himself into the group. Mm-hmm. And now he has a nickname. So they don't have to call him Stanley no more. Okay. And um, now he's kind of earning their respect. Yes. Lovely. He's, he's becoming his own man at this correctional mm-hmm. facility filled with criminal juveniles right serious ones like actual, <laughs> actual juveniles because he didn't do anything right because he's innocent and i also will say like when stanley was about to get his butt kicked zero in the background grabs a pool ball and is ready to knock to, to come to stanley's defense oh if yeah need be. he was about to throw hands yeah he was about to oh, he was about to kill somebody yeah he was <laughs> about to go to bat for stanley yeah he was and i i am i guess in my head this is his way of making up for the fact that he's the reason why stanley's here I don't know about all that, but maybe. I mean, what else will he feel protective about? He just met the guy. I guess. Maybe. Yeah, I guess he does I, have I some sort guilt. of guilt. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm going to stick up for him because he is ready. So so now Stanley has the nickname of Caveman. He's shocked. He's happy. And now, but, um, and then we, we could see that Stanley is official part of the group because now he, I guess the way you get your water. Yeah. So when they're outside digging the dirt. Yes. And Mr. Sir comes up with his truck. He has his like water source uh-huh. jug thing. And they fill up their canteen. And that's how they fill up their water from his truck. And there's like a ranking system from when they get in line and get their water. So X-Ray being the leader for whatever reason is first in line. Then it's armpit. Then after armpit. It's zigzag, not zigzag. The other one, squid, squid. Then after squid, it's zigzag. Then after zigzag, it's magnet. And then after magnet, it's zero. And then Stanley was last. Mm-hmm. But X-ray, because everybody listens to whatever X-ray does, he pushes zero out of the line and tells Stanley that he is now in front of zero, mm-hmm. making him second to last in line and not last. Yeah, and zero's like what. And Zero, like, literally looks so upset and hurt. And Stanley's, like, looks like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying I'm just to survive. Here. But now we are seeing him move up into the ranks. Yes. And being part of the clique. Mm-hmm, girl. So in his tent, Stanley, he's reading a letter from his mom. Um, and then the letter, the land, her, his mom is saying that the landlord is trying to kick them out because the whole freaking apartment smells like feet. And in it, she tells a joke about a woman in a shoe. He laughs, which gets Zero to come over. And he's like, what you laughing about? Straight face. <laughs> he's like, what's what's going on here? He's like, I'm a Zero mommy. is emotionless, emotionless this whole movie. He's like, what, what's, Dry what's, what's going on over here? And he's like, oh, my mom just told this joke. Ha ha ha. And Zero's like, I don't get it. <laughs> and then Stanley's trying to keep on to read his letter. Zero's still there. And he's like, oh, this is kind of awkward. Can you please move? He's like, I just, you're making me uncomfortable standing on top of me. Yeah, he's like, I don't feel comfortable reading with you standing yeah. and hovering on top of me. And then Zero goes, I can't read. Yeah. 
And, and like, it was like, ouch. ouch. And then Zero follows up with, can you teach me? And Stanley just like, ah. basically tells him no by saying, <laughs> look, um, I'm not much of a teacher. And, you know, once we get done from digging these holes for 15 hours, I'm really tired and I just want to relax, you know. So he basically tells him no. And Zero looks very much brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. Poor thing. Because it probably took him a lot of courage just to even muster up the the words to ask him. Right. Can you teach oh, me yeah. how to read? Oh, yeah. Can you teach me how to read? I mean, the fact that he even talks, that takes a lot of him. And then right. he asks a question, a very serious question. Can you just try to read <laughs> while we're here? And then he's like, um, no. See you out there, bud. <laughs> and then he's like, all right. See you in the field. Yeah. Stanley's like, but I'll catch you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> right. Bye. So sad. Um, I can't tell if Zero's hurt or not because he has the same face that he had the whole time. It's just like the same blank no, face. No, he's definitely hurt. Because then they cut to him just literally sitting, sitting on, on the, the bed, bed. like yeah. emotionless, and he does not move. He just looks tired. He's sad. Yeah, he just looks sad. He looks fed up. He looks so like, I've been through so much, I can't even be upset. Like, right. I have no emotions. Like, nothing can hurt me yeah. because I've, I've gone through so much trials and tribulations. She's even sadder. So... I guess either that day or the next day. I can never tell like what part of the day they're in. Time doesn't exist yeah. here. So Stanley is once again digging a hole. And this time he's got some great luck. He finds a gold cylinder and in- engraved on the cylinder has the initials KB. And he's like, now this has got to be something. And then while he just found it, one of the other boys... It was the Spanish one comes over. Magnet. Magnet comes over. And he's like, what you, you, got, what you there? got there, caveman? And caveman's like, like, if you don't mind, you don't mind. He's like, about this right here? Uh, oh, yeah. I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> he's like, uh, yeah. No, that you mention it. Like, the boy didn't even find it for, like, 3.2 yeah. seconds. And he was already like, hey, what you got over there, caveman? I see, he found something, huh? I would have hit him with that shovel. <laughs> I would have been like, what are you talking about? Whack. Shut the hell up. But so then Magnet comes over, he looks at it, and then which kind of forces Caveman mm-hmm. to bring it to X-ray's attention, who's their god. Yes. And he's like, Stanley's like, hey X, I think I found something. Everybody goes over to take a look at it. X-ray's like, cool, you know. Um, maybe I'll show it to Padinsky and hopefully I'll get the day off. And then Stanley's like, wait, wait, whoa, wait, wait, whoa, hold on. Whoa. Hold on, sugar Slow lips. your roll, buddy. I- have been out here digging this hole all day and I'm not even close to finish and your hole is basically dang near done. And on top of the fact that he always picks a shovel that's shorter than everybody else's. So his, his holes don't have to be as, as deep or as uh, big in diameter. Yes. Expert also, his shovel just happens to be the shorter shovel. He always picks it. And he picks it every time. Yeah. So (laughs) he doesn't even have to dig the way he has to dig, like everybody else has to dig. Right. And so Stanley's like, no, like I will be digging all day and your hole is basically done. And Expert's like, come again? And what's your point? Excuse me? He's like, and he like steps up to him and he's like, What's your point, bro? And then Stanley cowers in fear and is just like, well, um, I mean, you know, the day is practically over. It would make more sense for you to, you know, bring it to their attention tomorrow so you can get the full day off. And then x is like, that's pretty smart. That's pretty smart. It is a pretty good idea. That is smart. Perfect. And of course, they wouldn't have a thought about it because they're stupid. Right. And only Stanley is the one with sense. So... X-Ray does as he is told. He holds on to it and we will see them find it. And I will say, 
the fact that Stanley made the suggestion, destiny, everything's destiny. If oh, X-Ray right. wasn't a bully, then he wouldn't make Stanley give him the tube. And had Stanley told the warden where he exactly found the tube, she would have had his treasure. Right. Because where the tube is, is other treasures. Which there. I never, I also, watching the movie over and over again all these years, I never made that, that realization. Yes. So also, that where he finds the tube is, is eventually where, the where they find the, the treasure. treasure. And also, Stanley remembers the hole that he digs in because when he was digging the hole, there was a rock in it. He takes the rock out, this big old rock, and he puts it right next to the hole. And he remembers where the hole is based on that rock. unique rock. And I'm not going to lie, I think the rock looked like Madame Zeroni. That's funny. I have to look at it again. I think it looks like a, a, a woman's face with a turban on. I think you could definitely find a face in that rock. I need. To, I didn't look hard enough, but it, it is a. It is. It has like indentions in it yeah, for sure. I thought it looked like Madame Zeroni. So the next morning, we're out digging again, and this time we're doing this. Movie yeah, is dig flashbacks and digging. I know. So early in the day, X-ray is like he pretends to find the tube. He brings it to Doctor Pedesky. And he's like, is this something the warden would like? And Dr. Podesta is like, it sure the hell is. And he calls up the warden to come on down. The warden gets in there nice, like, old-timey Corvette, I don't know. I don't know. But it's like one of those old-time cars that you really like to look at because they're nice and old. Yes. Um, And the warden gets on the car and it is revealed that the warden is a woman. Played by Sejourney Weaver. Yes, because this whole time it's been like a mystery. We didn't know who the warden was. Yeah, I think we're like forty minutes into the movie. Yeah, this, this is the is... fourth time we sing the warden, and she plays a very big role, which I love. This reveal. Yes, I do too. And I think she's really a bad, a bad B. Like she commands the room when she walks through. Everybody is scared of her. She's kind of hot. And she's the only girl at this all-boy camp. Yeah, too. I just and about she's that. like, here's this woman running these little boys around and telling them what to do. And these men, a couple, two, the two yeah, men. Yeah, and, and they buy down to her. Literally, Doctor Pedinsky and Mister Sir, literally terrified, petrified of her, and they listen to everything that she says. Yeah, her people, her people. That's why they abuse them, the boys, because yes. that lady abuses them too. She's powerful. She's powerful. So, um. The warden. I call her the warden. I, I, that's the whole time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So she asked X-Ray, where did he find it? Now, X-Ray did not. The place that X-Ray says he found it is not the original place that it was actually found. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. So whatever. he So she grants him the day off. And the warden. And she directs the boys to start digging around and near the spot that X-Ray said he found the tube. But it's not really where he found it. It's not really where he found it. So so basically they convert. Instead of them now digging individual holes, yes. now they're creating like... An this, excavation. Like, yes. It literally looks like they're geologists. Yeah. Like, literally unearthing yeah, the earth. It reminds me of um, Indiana Jones. Yeah. Like when he used to go to those sites. And they yeah, to, they've like, turned... Like, it's not even like they're digging holes. They're literally digging like a cave. Yeah. Now, and she's all excited, and she's like, "I think today's gonna be the day we're gonna luck up and I feel find." Lucky. Yeah, she's like, she's all pumped, and she's like, "We're gonna find what we're looking for." Little do we know what we're looking for, because here we are. These boys think they're just out here building character, but mm-hmm. really of course, there's a motive to why right. they're actually digging holes. 
So for the next few days now, the boys are now digging in the same area that they think the tube of lipstick has been found. And they're all doing it collectively instead of digging individual holes. And so the mood becomes kind of increasingly intense um, because we've adapted this new way of digging, Mm -hmm. but yet we have still not found what the warden is looking for. She's becoming very upset and impatient. I did read in the book. Well, I didn't read the book. (laughs) The notes from the book. She was getting so upset that at one point, I don't know what he did, but um, armpit, she stabs him with a pitchfork and it like leaves holes in his shirt. Oh. Like, she's, like, kind of, like, really abused. I don't know. If, I, I'm assuming it's because when he bought her the little... Yeah. He, he said knob. he found something that obviously wasn't what she's looking for. Mm-hmm. But uh, she, like, like stabs him. Like, she's abusive. And then when she's not finding stuff, she's like, they don't need water. <gasps> she's like, they don't need water. They're not working hard enough. Like, she's, like, actively, oh, no. like, worse in the... Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. They don't need water? Uh, She's like, they're not digging hard enough. They don't need water. That is criminal. Criminal. She's actually, in my, I mean, she's a bad person, but she's not that mean. Mr. Sir seems like the worst one. Yeah. But I think she is actually the worst one based off the book, but Mr. Sir is a close second. Yeah. But I guess that's because she's not around as much. For sure. But Mr. Sir is a close second. But yeah, so they're not having any luck. But Stanley, he kind of keeps on looking towards the area where he originally originally found the tube. Um, it doesn't seem that hole. far away because it's like funny because they're so close. I'm, it has yeah. to be like maybe they're literally like ten feet away from it, right? Like ten, fifteen. But they're just instead of going right, they went left. Yeah, and instead of digging left, they're digging right, right and they can't find and it. And he keeps on looking at the rock that um is his like mile marker of where yeah. he. He found the tube. Yeah, he's trying to remember. He's he's keeping it in the back of his mind because now he realized they have to be looking for something. Yeah, because now he's realizing, okay, we're looking for something. Yes. Uh, this isn't just for fun. This isn't for character building. Exactly. Uh, and then, okay. now And then now we get another flashback to Sam and Catherine. And they are growing closer and closer because... He notices, like, the schoolhouse needs all these repairs, and she accepts his offer. And as he fixes the roof, she's like, actually, I need this fixed. He's like, I can fix that. I can can fix that. I can fix that. And then once he fixes something, she's like, well, can you fix this? And he's like, I can fix that. And then they're slowly becoming closer and closer as he continues to find things to fix around the schoolhouse. And one night... Uh, Catherine is teaching the adults of the town how to read and Trout Walker, the son, the currently the son of the owner of the town is trying to hit on Catherine by my dad. The duck may swim on the, the lake, lake, but my, my daddy, daddy owns the lake. Um, But his dad owns the lake and therefore he is rich. Therefore he owns the lake and he's got a cool new motorboat and she should take a ride with him. He's basically asking her on a date and she declines his offer. She's like, I'm not interested. Thanks. She said, no, thank you, Mr. Trout. I'm good. And he's very, very, and he's like, no, come on, girl. Upset. No one says no to Trout Walker. Yeah. I believe I just did. Now imagine a toxic man from this time. You can't tell him. Like, Oh my god, a man with power and money. Yeah. In the the western days. She should be terrified. Ugh. That's how Catherine is, you know, she is She, she, ain't, bold. she yeah, she bold. She ain't want to play with. She ain't playing your little games. So, 
He walks out in anger after being rejected and then enters Sam. And apparently we learn that um, Sam crosses the lake to the mountain because he's that's where he grows his onions and he brings them back to the mountain from the lake or whatever. And at one point, I guess she is starting to like him and she misses him when he makes these trips. Yes. And one rainy night... She's in her schoolroom reading. Schoolhouse. Schoolhouse reading. And she's crying. And Sam has just come back from one of his trips. And he takes her, he like grabs her hand, looks into her eyes and says, I can fix that. I can fix that. I can fix that. And the two embrace in a lovely kiss. Happens uh, between the two of them. Um, Which is seen yeah. by the owner of the lake. And town, Trout Walker. Which is not good because This racism. is illegal. <laughs> you know, racism. Racism. Hot. Jim Crow. Hot. Not yeah. even Jim Crow. We haven't even reached Jim Crow yeah. yet. It's He's- so racist then that Jim Crow don't even exist yet. So that very night. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I wouldn't say that night. It's Maybe the next, the next night. night. The I next don't know. Night. I th- that that very week. Night. Yes. Um, Trout and his, his super racist friends come to... Catherine's schoolhouse is setting on fire. They're all on their horses. They're all all drinking, drunk. drunk. They're setting the schoolhouse on fire. They're calling her terrible names, I'm sure. They are literally being monsters. Yeah. So she runs out and, you know, disbelief and tears. And she's like, oh, my God, stop. Stop it. Stop it. And they're continuing to throw things at the schoolhouse and set it ablaze. Mm -hmm. And then so Catherine, she makes a run for the sheriff's. Um, office sheriff, or sheriff. house or the jailhouse and she's like sheriff sheriff you've got to come there set the school on fire little does she know he's in on it and he's getting drunk because he and the rest of trout's friends mm-hmm. are about to go hang sam and the sheriff is like give me a kiss and then she's like oh you're drunk and she says if you kiss him if you kill him, then you have to kill me too because I kissed him back. And then he said, it's not illegal for you to kiss him, but it's illegal for him to kiss you. And <laughs> she runs out. <laughs> yes. And then so she makes a run for it. She's trying to go get Sam. To Sam warn him. is in his boat um, making his way to his Rowan. little farm. So he's in the boat crossing the lake. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to make it to the lake. She's trying to warn him. She Sam! runs out. She sees Trout and his, his motorboat on his motorboat on um Sam's tail, and he's like in a freaking canoe. Yeah, so he can't outrun them. And then she's like, "Sam, Sam!" And then, pow, they shoot him. And they shot his donkey. And they shot his donkey. They shot him and killed his donkey. What was his name? Mary something. Mary Lou or something Mary like Lou. that. So they kill him. Sam is now dead, and Catherine has witnessed his murder terrible i read in the book that she was with him mm-hmm. i did read that too when, the, yeah that Can they were together imagine? oh so sad oh you're right next to him and they kill him yeah. dang at least she she in the movie she had some distance yeah <laughs> she was like a couple of yards mm-hmm. away that damn water boat but nonetheless he's dead oh r.i.p to sam he didn't deserve that he did not mm. he's a nice man his crime Loving a white woman. Mm. Another curse. Because since that day, it has never rained again in Green Lake. Yes. BT dubs. So ever after his death, the the lake now turns into a desert. You see where racism gets you? 
See, the ancestors were not happy. Mm-mm. And they said, okay, we're going to fix it. Madden Zeroni was like, uh-uh. Right. Uh-uh. I really... What is this? I think it's interesting. Well, not interesting, but I feel like Sam and Madame Zeroni should be related, but they're not. I was... I literally, when I said that, I was like, that'd be crazy if they were, like, related. I feel like they're, they're, they should be, but they're not. Not, yeah, because it would end the bloodline. Yeah. Because we have zero. Oh, yeah. Unless he had a brother. I don't know. I don't know. But... I do, I do too hope that they were somehow related because in my head, that would bring it all together. Right. But anywho, the very next day, we see Catherine all dressed up in a lovely, a lovely red outfit. And she goes to visit to the sheriff and she asks him, do you still want that kiss? And, and of he, course, his like, half what? drunk behind is like, yeah. She's like, perfect. So she, she shoots him in the head. I would like to imagine. <laughs> and she kills him. She doesn't really show the gunshot because it's a Disney movie, which is intense for a Disney movie, right? Um, she 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 kills him, and she after she kills him, she walks over and plants a kiss on his cheek that he wanted oh so badly. And she hops on her horse and she gallops off into the distance. And this is her villain creation story. Her and villain origin story. This Auntie. is how Catherine. What's her last name? Kate Barlow. Catherine oh. Barlow, or Catherine, turns into kissing Kate Barlow. Barlow. This so the story that we heard at the beginning of the movie with Stanley's grandpa telling him the story about the original Stanley Yelnats got robbed by kissing Kate Barlow. This is her. Okay, now I guess I kind of get why they tell that story. Yeah, we need to know that. Yeah, but I, I guess I never was like, is that really, but I guess. Because it all connects, baby. Yeah, it all connects. It all connects. It all connects. You know what's funny? The the uh, the connection between white people and black people throughout this whole movie. I don't know, how to, but like, <laughs> I don't know, how to, I don't know how to say it, but like, Kate and Sam, uh, Elia and Madame Zeroni and Zero and Stanley and Stanley. I don't know all the all the main characters or the they have effect are black and white, black and white, black and white. I guess that is true, huh? Race. I don't know. I did read, well, I feel like, well, when I was, you know, doing my research, I feel like they said the book talks, I feel like it doesn't do it as much because it's a Disney uh movie, but the book talked a lot about about like racism and mass incarceration or whatever. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right. They probably watered it down. Because in in, in the movie, movie. half the people probably should have been black based on statistics. I feel like, yeah. (laughs) Based on statistics Everybody, x-ray, zigzag. Right, we got a, little, got a little more black characters, but yeah. whatever. Stanley should have been black too. Yeah, Why are you playing? They, they didn't have, I guess we—that's not the representation that we want. But right, <laughs> uh, a, a a person going to jail wrongfully—that's black people all day. Right, exactly. So, um, at, so back to the camp after four days of group digging. There's no luck. Nothing new is found, and the warden's fed up, and the uh, the boys are now. To go back to digging their original holes and they're mo- moved to a different part of the lake to start their uh their they're character to, yeah. building, quote back unquote. Back to digging individually. So the next day, um, the boys are cutting up and Magnet steals um the bag of Mr. Sun's sunflower seeds Mr. while he's Mr. Sir, I'm sorry. Sir sunflower seeds while he's chit chatting with the uh, other boys and distracted. So the boys are like passing around the sunflower seeds to each hole. Yeah. So he drives off at first. Yeah. So he, he gets in the car. Home. He doesn't notice. He drives off, and then he makes a loop back around. 
And that's when the bag, it's like hot potato, <laughs> literally. Mm-hmm. A hot potato in the bag, unfortunately, falls into Stanley's hole, spilling all the sunflower seeds, all the evidence is there. He just tries to put dirt on top of it. It's not enough because it's a lot of sunflowers. So he pulls up and he's like, whoa, 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 what do we have here? And Stanley's like, I don't, I don't know, sir. He's like, I don't know. And he's like, well, I'm sure the warden would be pleased mm. to hear about this. The warden. So, Mr. Sir takes Stanley with him. Ooh. That's, and that's my they make a journey to the warden's home. Beautiful home. Yeah. I love her, the home. Her house. So, fears Mr. Sir marches Stanley to the warden's office or home. And when he gets there, he introduces the situation by saying, Stanley found something in the hole. Not a good, not a good uh, adjective to use today. Yeah, so she's like excited because she thinks he's found like I don't know a gun or something or no, like my treasure, right? You know, my gold doubloon, right? Some kind of clue to this missing treasure that mm-hmm. she's trying to find. So she's like, "Oh my god, come in, come yes, in, yes, come yes, in!" Yes, sorry, sorry, sorry. And then Mister Sher is like, "Well, go ahead, tell her, yell Nats." And um, Stanley confesses that um. And he is taking the fall for Magnet because Stanley did not do this. But he tells the warden that he stole Mr. Sir's sunflower seeds out of his car. Mm-hmm. And um, the warden's face is like drops. Her face immediately drops. And she so. asks Stanley to go get her case of nail polish sitting in like the pantry or something like that. So he goes to get it. So Stanley comes over with the nail polish. And she's like putting the nail polish on her fingernails. And she's like, you know what my secret recipe to my nail polish is? Rattlesnake venom. And she like rubs her hand against Stanley's face. And she's like, it's very deadly, um, but it's completely harmless once dry. Mm-hmm. But of course, it's nail polish, so it's moist. And she just put it on her fingernails. And then right before Mr. Sir like asks another question, the warden gets up. And with her wet nail polish that has rattlesnake venom on it, Random. she takes her hand and back slaps the living piss out of Mr. Sir. She claws at his face. And he goes to the ground. He's hooping, he's hollering, he's like, ah, ah, ah! And then, like, he says something to the the effect of, he's like, all I do is show respect and worship you. He says something like that. I wonder how they're really... I don't know. I don't know. Are they in love with her? Where did she find those two? I don't know where she found them. They're the perfect villains. Like, Dr. Podesky and Mrs. Sir. Like, where did she find them? I don't know where she found them. And how is she controlling them? Yes, but... And he's, like, graveling on the floor. He's like, all I do is show respect for you. Mm -hmm. And then she turns to Stanley and she she was like, I would suggest you go back to digging your hole now. And then Stanley makes her run for Say it. Less. Got and you, And he leaves Mr. Sir mm-hmm. on the ground groveling. Yes. And while he was in the cabin, he did notice that throughout the whole house, there are like old timey articles of kissing Kate Barlow. Oh, okay. And he sees know. that. And that's where he gets his epiphany. From. But uh, he's like looking around. And he's like, oh, kissing Kate Barlow. He's, he's got all these posters up because, mm. of course... Hint, hint, that's what she's looking for. This, what she's looking for has something to do with kissing, kissing Kate, Kate Barlow. She's upset. So, um, Stanley goes back to his hole and he goes back to his hole to find that his hole has been completely dug. And he's like, oh my God, guys, thanks. I don't know why he's <laughs> thinking them because of course they would never do anything like that. I mean, that at him. least the, uh, 
Magnet should have helped yes. him. If anybody should have helped him, it should have been Magnet. And then Magnet is the first one to be like, don't look at us. It was zero. Why you wasn't helping Magnet? He literally took the fall for right. something that you did. Mm. But anywho, Stanley goes over to Zero. He thanks him for helping him dig his Thank hole. Thank you for your service. And then Zero's like, don't worry about it. And he's like, you didn't steal the sunflower seeds. And Stanley's like, yeah, well, you didn't either. But then Zero says, you didn't steal the shoes. It's like, okay, dude. Yeah. And, like, okay. <laughs> and it kind of was like awkward silence. And like, why do you keep bringing up these shoes? <laughs> like, yeah, what's up with you using these shoes, bro? Like, why do you keep on bringing up shoes? Yeah. And then so Stanley um, asks Zero. He's like, hey, do you still want to learn how to read? And then Zero was like, yeah. And then so he's like, okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. So Stanley agrees to teach Zero how to read. So the next day, Mr. Sir comes to give the boys water. And we can see his skin is... It's... We can see the scratch marks. And it's like... He has a huge gas. Now, instead of taking his anger out on the warden, because she's the one who did this... She's taking her. He's taking his anger out on Stanley by not filling up his canteen. He lets the, the water that should go in his canteen fall into the dirt and he's like here you go and he gives him back an empty canteen he deprives him of water in the middle of the desert in the desert as they dig holes for 20 hours straight oh my god the jailhouse under the jail terrible all of them belong yes i cannot emphasize it enough they are criminal people right and i will say in the book they made a scene 10 times it was worse what you mean it wasn't just one day it was oh, like every day Dang. he wasn't filling up his canteen. And one day he filled up his canteen, took it inside the car, put something in it. Stanley wasn't sure what he put in it, came back and gave it to Stanley. <gasps> and Stanley just poured it out because he didn't want to get like poison. Oh he he is Dawson. They could have they could have heat all of them could have had like heat stroke. Heat stroke. Oh my god! Isn't that terrible? That's horrible. Terrible. I'm like, I'm gonna have to read this book because these these people are ten times worse than I thought they were. Ten times. Um. So after that happens, Stanley goes to talk to um Zero, his new best friend, and he has an epiphany, where he like talks it out with Zero. He's like, you know what? I think that gold tube that I found was actually lipstick, and I think the initials KB stood for Kate. Barlow. And Zero's like, kissing Kate Barlow? He was like, yeah. 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 So, anywho, which leads to a flashback of Catherine, who's now going by Kate, and she's robbing all these banks. You see all these dead men who have, like, kisses on their cheeks because she's killed them, and she's just, like, an outlaw now, and she's living her best life. Woman, woman in, woman in theft. <laughs> women in theft. Women in theft. Because how, love to see how it. in this time is she was she able to command a band of outlaws? Right. Because she had a crew. She had a crew, and she was a leader of men. She was the only woman. Yeah. Bless her. And she is going on a rampage. Yes. Just killing and thieving left and right. Mm-hmm. Good for her. While Stanley is teaching Zero how to read. Um, he's getting smarter every day and they strike up a deal that, hey, Zero's like, hey, I will dig your holes for you so you won't be tired to teach me. And Yeah, because at this point while he's teaching him, he's, you know, dug a hole all day, so he's exhausted. Yeah. And since Zero's so good at digging holes, he's like, you teach me how to read, I'll dig your holes. And they're like, deal. And... While they're after they made this deal, Zero's like, my real name isn't Zero. And Stanley's like, it isn't? And I'm like, yeah. 
It's not why, zero. Why would anybody name their child zero? Everyone here has a nickname. <laughs> <laughs> like, so why why wouldn't I have one? Just like and me. then Stanley's like, but even Padinsky calls you zero because Padinsky calls Does, everybody yes, by, their by their government name. Which is, I guess, thing. yeah. He's the only person at the camp who calls everybody by their government names. And since he was calling zero zero, he assumed that that was his real, real name. name. And then, no, Padinsky's a hater. His name is Hector Zeroni. Da, da, da. That's where they got zero because Zeroni, Z E R O N I, zero, Zeroni. Oh, I never got that. I thought they called him zero because he was stupid. Because oh. they thought he was stupid, at least. Because he's like, my name is Hector Zeroni. He puts emphasis on the Zeroni. That's actually a really great nickname, Zero. Yeah. From Zeroni. Anyway. So, and then Zero tells him, like, his life story. So basically, him and his mom were homeless, or they used to move house to house yeah. and eventually they became homeless and eventually his mom would drop him off places or leave him and come back for him and one day she never came back mm-hmm. and he was just saying that um he's missed his mom and uh-huh. he would hire a whole team of private investigators to find her just to figure out what happened to her because he literally has no idea yeah and this also makes me um think about how like stanley is like shell-shocked or like like these boys here really do have bad lives yeah and stanley did think his life was I and mean, he was unlucky but i feel like he did think he his life was so unlucky but it really was good. he had a family who loved him yeah he's just he like a, a freaking under, under yeah his head, over his head but like a full belly of food but look at zero zero really has problems and i feel yeah. like every time he like talks to zero he's like shocked to hear like yeah. someone's living this life because even like zero's like he mentions the park or something Yeah, like he's that. like, oh, I used to play at that park all the time. He's like, oh, yeah, I used to sleep in the little hole next to the swing. And Stanley's like, oh, ah. <laughs> okay, oh. yeah. So although Stanley himself is poor. Yeah. He is poor, but he's loved. Right. He's got, he's got stuff to be grateful for. Yes. And I think... And Zero has nothing to be grateful for. Poor thing. Literally nothing. He's and Zero's there basically a ward of the state because he has no one to take care of him. Like, no one, no one to claim him. Yeah. And he got nowhere else to be. Which comes up later. But, so they're doing this new agreement where Zero digs Stanley's holes. And the boys start to notice this. And, of course, they hate him from outside the club. They are upset. And then they're like, this is a whole slave situation, basically. (laughs) Because Stanley's white, Zero's black. And they're like, oh, you got your little slave digging your holes? Which, honestly, if I was there, I'd have thought the same thing. I'm like, now you got this black boy digging your holes. (laughs) And then Stanley's like, it's not slavery. slavery I'm supposed to leave you like that but i will i will say i'd be i actually would be pissed too I, um, i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie on it i'd be pissed i'm like why is he digging your holes i would be annoyed yeah so over time i don't i guess not much time but i don't think it's the day but maybe the next day zigzag is stanley's biggest hater i don't know why he'd be hating on him oh i can't stand zigzag i can't stand him um so mr so Padinsky mm-hmm. is now um, out there digging holes again for the hundredth day in a row, right. and Mrs. Padinsky is giving them their like daytime snack and their water, and um, one of the snacks is like graham crackers or something. And Zigzag goes up to Stanley and he's like, "Hey, if you let me have your graham cracker, I'll dig your hole too, so, or yeah. something like that." Something like that. Something like that. And Stanley's like, "Okay." He ignores him at first, and he's like, "Zigzag's like, don't you hear me talking to you?" And he's like, "Okay, I get it." I'll go back to digging my own hole. Let it be You got gone. it. Yeah. And then Zigzag doesn't let it go. And he's like, he's not going to take the graham cracker. So he takes the graham cracker mm-hmm. and shoves it down Stanley's mouth. And then 
a fight ensues. And you would think, and you would think Padinsky would be like, hey, 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 break it up. And so they have a little tussle and Padinsky's like, hey, what's going on here? And um, he's like, well, Stanley, why don't you hit him back? I'm honestly, I, I expect that from Mr. Sir, but I am surprised Miss Dr. Pazinski did say that. Me too. I was very shell shocked. I was very and he's shocked. Like, yeah, he's like, go ahead, Stanley, hit him back. So he's encouraging them this, to fight. This argument, this fight. And then so Stanley hits him back, and then of course a fight ensues. And then Stanley's <laughs> losing. And of course, Zero will not allow that. Mm-mm. So he intervenes and jumps in, and he hops on the back of Zigzag and begins to choke him. Bless him. Um, literally suffocating him. And almost that is passes when, out. Yeah, he almost passes out. And that's when Dr. Padinsky is like, okay, that's enough. Break it up. So the fight's broken up. Cut scene. Now the warden and Dr. Sir have arrived as well. I'm surprised the warden came for this. Yeah, I'm surprised she came out for them as yeah. well. Um, but um, they're all out there. The warden, Dr. Sir, and Dr. Padinsky trying to get to the bottom of what the issue was. Armpit says that Zigzag hit caveman. And then... They started fighting, and then Zero jumped in and started choking Zigzag. And X-Ray chimes in, and he's like, yeah, that's basically what happened. You know, the heat got to Zigzag or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why he hit Caveman, because of the heat. And then the warden is like, is that right, Zigzag? And Zigzag says something to the effect of... Yes, because, you know, we're out here outside in the heat working all day digging these holes while Caveman over there does nothing. And the warden is basically like, excuse me? You know what I've noticed? That's her catchphrase. Her, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, her, her catchphrase throughout this entire movie is, excuse, excuse me? me? Excuse me? And then, so, Zigzag accuses Caveman of not digging his holes, and the warden says, excuse me? Caveman digs his holes just like the, the rest Everybody. of you. Which is funny. I'm like, okay, now she's sticking up. Yeah, she was coming to his little defense. Right. And then... Zigzag was like, well, sometimes. And then someone else interferes and says, Caveman has not been digging his holes. And that Zero has been digging a, a bunch of, of rats. Hole. Right. A bunch of snitches. Because rats. when sunflower seeds went missing. Didn't say a word. Did Stanley rat? No. When that tool of lipstick was found, mm. did Stanley take the credit? No. But look how they are so quick. Mm. So swift to rat this boy out. Right. So quick. I can't I stand these boys. Because they could have just said we fought and we fought. That's yeah. all why. But no, they want ooh, they want to be rats. Mm-hmm. Snitches. Don't they know? They're criminals. <laughs> Get it together. Their garden rule should be don't be a rat. Pick a lane. Oh, I'm disgusted. Pick a lane. So after they tattletale or whatever. Um, they tell the warden <laughs> that caveman has not been digging his holes and that Zero has been digging his holes for some days. And of course, they're all like, what? Mr. Sir is like, you ain't been digging your holes, boy. And Why is no one out there watching them dig Caveman, right. And there's no one watching them. There's so many. Yeah, so many they just issues. come to bring them water for a little bit and they leave. There's what so- if someone fainted? Literally. Had to wait for the next two hours and y'all come bring us water? Right. Jesus. So, um... Stanley then reveals that he has been teaching Caveman how to read. And <laughs> Zero's number one hater, Dr. So the background, is like, like, 
you've been teaching him how to read? He can't read. He's an idiot. He's so dumb. And then he's basically going on and on and on. He's ragging on Zero. And he's basically saying to Stanley, we know you mean well, Stanley, but the boy's just so dumb. He's a waste <laughs> of brain cells, a waste of oxygen. There's nothing going on in his head. So then... Where does he get that from? I don't know. Because he just... He doesn't he talk. That's the only thing. this little boy down. He is... He's got a hard-on for him for whatever reason. And... Let it go. He turns to Zero, Dr. Podinsky... And ask him, Zero, what does C-A-T spell? And then Zero goes silent because he doesn't know what it spells. Mm -hmm. And he's like, see, he's stupid. And then um, basically the warden's like, look, everybody shut up. Caveman, you're going to go back to digging your individual hole Mm -hmm. and no more reading lessons. And then Caveman's like, if the hole is getting dug, what is the point who shovels it or not? Character! And then she was like, because I said so. And then here we go. Dr. Podinsky is back and he's like, we know you mean well, Stanley, but the mental stress just causes his brain too much of a challenge. That's what made his blood boil, not the hot sun. I'm not digging any more holes. Good. I mean, you might as well teach this shovel to read. Go ahead, Zero. Take it. It's all you'll ever be good for. D-I-G. What's that spell? Dig. And then he takes the shovel and he whacks Dr. Podinsky over the head, rendering him unconscious. And we're like, oh! And then uh, Zero takes his shovel and he runs off into the desert. He makes a run for it. After Mr. Sir tries to follow him, he almost pulls out his gun to to shoot shoot him, which the warden tells him not to. Yeah, don't shoot him. And she was like, the last thing we need is police and lawyers in a case on our hands because we are, in fact, running a slave ship Right. We don't know. the last thing we need to do is get caught for it. Yeah. If anyone looks a little bit into this, (laughs) we're all going to to jail, jail. baby. (laughs) So she's like, don't you dare shoot him. And then... So she's basically like, I want all surveillance on all the water sources around here. Because mm-hmm. um, they're basically like, it is a desert. He cannot, like Mr. Sir said at the beginning of the movie, you cannot survive out here. Yeah, you either water. die or you're going to come back. Those are two yeah. options. So they're just like, let him go. And everybody else, all the boys, they're like cheering. They're like, yeah, Zero, run, run. run. Stanley's like, go, Zero, go, go, go. Mm-hmm. So the can- the counselors go back to D10 or River to 10th they're in. And they're basically discussing how they're going to cover up Zero running away. And Dr. Podowski, whatever that man name is, uh, of course, he's so obsessed with Zero. He knows that he has no family, that he's basically a ward of the state, that no one's going to come looking for him. All I got to do is to delete his records. And he's basically fallen off the face of the earth. Yeah. So no one's going to come looking for him. Yeah, he reassures her, like, no one, he has no family, he has nobody. Nobody cares mm-hmm. about Hector Zeroni. And technically speaking, he has no friends, besides Stanley. Because yeah. none of the boys really like him. Yeah. He's, he's, he was the last one in the, the rank. He was the last one in line. Mm-hmm. So, but then Stanley walks in, he overhears their conversation, and he's basically like, I, I care, care about Zero. 
Which, honestly, if I heard them talking about how they're basically going to cover, like, I wouldn't have said that because literally, they're coming for you. Yeah, I was like, just wait till you get home. Tell your mom that this boy went missing. Why would you reveal to them that your presence is now known? Yeah, because they're going to get you killed. Right. They're literally talking about how they're going to wipe this kid off the face of the Mm -hmm. earth. And here you go emerge and like, hey, guys, are you stupid? Yeah. But then... Dr. Sir, once Stanley walks in, has the nerve to say, if something happens to Zero, his Damn blood it. is on your hands. Damn he it. says that to Stanley. Right. Literally, if anything happens to him, his how? blood is on your three hands. Yeah, like, how is that? What's that math there? What is that? What's that math? What's that deduction? That yeah. reasoning? Me? It's on me? That's crazy. I don't think so. I don't think so. The Lord knows. Now that Zero is gone, that leaves a spot open, which they freaking feel, which is messed up. Because he hasn't been gone for that long. Yeah. Because he really, I mean, two days maybe. And they already got some boy coming in. His name is Twitch. His specialist T is stealing cars. He's a little tiny boy. He's got a little, he's, he's very little jittery. Twitch. Yeah. He's Twitch. A Twitch to him. They came up with his nickname quickly. Immediately. Immediately. So after another day of digging, Stanley. Des- that's all we do here. Yeah. Stanley decides to do something crazy with Twitch at his side. I guess it gave him like the push. I wonder in the book they discussed this. Yeah. Because I don't know. It just seems crazy that the guy with the stealing car. Anywho. Stanley gets behind the wheel of Mr. Sir's truck and while the boys are filling up their canteen and drives away. But unfortunately, he doesn't get far because one, he probably can't drive. And two, there's holes everywhere. There's holes everywhere. So Literally. he runs into a hole. Yes. I'm surprised. Um, thank God he's okay. Yes. Because I mean, these are very... <laughs> It's like these shoot. are six foot deep holes. Yeah, he runs his that the car he runs into. into the airbags deploy and everything. <laughs> yes. So he runs out of the truck. He makes a run for it again. We are met with cheers from the, the boys, other boys. Right. They're like, "Run, Stanley, run, run!" Why are they encouraging death? I don't know, but I guess it's just like uh, anar- anarchy. anarchy! anarchy right but yeah so stanley makes a run for it while mr sir is trying to run after stanley but he's old yeah and he can't shoot him so so stanley is now on the run to find zero Mm -hmm. and back the counselors are meeting again (laughs) right they've got another body on (laughs) yes and uh the warden basically like let's wait two weeks and then report stanley as a runaway and by then there'll be He's either dead or like nobody, nobody, be nobody to, find, to find him, or like he can't talk, mm-hmm. which is crazy because I'm like these boys. One day they're gonna grow up and be like, "Hey, I remember that that kid ran away," or like zero, like right, like you're just gonna count on no one ever speaking about these kids ever again. So messed up, exactly. And so that because yeah, yeah, messed up. Um, so Stanley has been wandering through the desert. When he eventually comes oh, comes to an overtone boat, which is Sam's old boat. Yes. Which is very nice. Okay, in the middle of the, the desert. And he he kicks, he sees like a foot Hanging coming out of the boat. Yeah, and he kicks it. And he's like, hello. And he's afraid that Zero's in there dead. But ev- eventually Zero like puts a hand out. And he's like, hey. <laughs> what's, what's up it's zero yes. and he's super excited to, to see, see him. him so he goes underneath the boat with zero shady um you know they Under embrace there. they say hey how long have you been out here zero's asking him like hey do you have any water, water. or anything literally stanley came empty-handed and zero's like yeah. pissed. he didn't have time to fill up his canteen before he stole the before he stole the truck he didn't think that went through 
So Stanley well, he probably is wouldn't have gotten water anyway, sorry, for Mr. Sir. You what? He probably wouldn't have gotten water anyway, so Mr. Sir, because he, he hadn't not. been giving him any water. That's true. So um, Stanley is basically trying to convince Zero, okay, hey, like, we can't survive out here. We, we have to go back to camp. Look, we look at this boat that we found. Like, the warden will see this. She'll be happy because all she wants to do is find stuff that links her to the treasure. Like, we'll show her this belt. She'll be happy. All will be forgiven. Let's go back. And Zero's like, I'm not going back. (laughs) And then Stanley emphasizes, we will die out here. We are deadly. And And Zero's like, what does Mary Lou mean? (laughs) Stanley's like, what the fuck? And Stanley's like, bro, what? He's like, Mary Lou. And he's like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But it was, and then so he shows him. He's like, okay, come see. So he shows him the outside of the boat, and outside the boat, it said, "What is that, Mary Lou?" Yeah, which is Sam's donkey's name. Yes. So that is the name of Sam's donkey, i.e., Sam's boat. So, so cute. Um, but also in the boat, um, Zero has been living off of what he calls sploosh, sploosh, which um he lets Stanley try. Mm-hmm. And it is this very old-looking container mm-hmm. of something, and Stanley mentions that it tastes like peaches. Now, if we remember, throughout our many flashbacks, mm-hmm. Sam would exchange his onions for Catherine, who is now kissing Kate Barlow, for her peaches. So it's funny because I'm pretty sure it's like a hundred. It's been a hundred years or so. That is a, that sh- that crap is a hundred years old. I'm I'm trying to figure out what does a hundred year old peaches taste like. It's still good. I don't think it. I think it had some bacteria. I was when I was reading the summary, mm-hmm. they said like Stanley's internal monologue was like he took a sip, but he knew he shouldn't be drinking this because yeah. it's like bacteria. Like he's afraid of the bacteria that's been accumulated. Yeah, and then Zero's had like six <laughs> jars of it. Yeah, and he's concerned. He's like, we really need to go back. <laughs> we shouldn't be eating. Yeah, this. you're gonna die. Which is also why he gets so sick climbing up the mountain. Oh, he's been, he's been eating those 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 peaches, those diseased, oh. infected peaches, old rotten peaches. A hundred years, hundred year old peaches. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, can't blame him. What else is he right? Eat? What else he gonna eat? I would eat it too. So, I guess while they're outside of the um the the boat, Stanley sees the mountain and he asks Zero, "Hey, does that mountain up there look like a thumb?" And Zero holds up his thumb too, and he's like, "Yeah, it does look like a thumb." We failed to mention that when Kate kissing Kate, Kate Barlow, Barlow. Mm-hmm. left, Stanley Yelnat's great great grandfather mm-hmm. stranded in the desert for 14 days after she stole his loot that he took refuge on what he called God's God's thumb. thumb. But no one ever knew what he meant. Yeah. They're Mm. like, well, what did he mean by that? Yeah. Who knows? He was crazy. Yeah. He was left in the desert for 14 days without food and water. Who knows what he was talking about? God's thumb. Yes. But Stanley's having another epiphany. And he's like, well, this must be, I guess in the back of it, he's like, this could be God's thumb. thumb. That my grandfather was thinking of. It's probably all coming together. Right. Kissing Kate Barlow, God's thumb. It's probably the like lipstick. This, the lipstick. This is has to be what my grandfather was talking about. Yes. So they two set off to to get to God's thumb, which is the top of this mountain. I when you think of this mountain, think Mount Everest. <laughs> How you do think these... like a, a little 
cuter, a little tinier. I mean, it's not Mount Everest, but it might as well have been. Yeah, well How do these two boys climb up this viciously huge mountain? Like literally, it's not a hill. It's a mountain. They were really it's climbing. It's a mountain. They were really climbing. The altitude, the the height, it had to be like it yeah, had to be like two thousand feet. Just being tired from like no food, no water. And they climb up this mountain with no no equipment. One slip and they're dead. Oh, yeah. They was tripping. If I was there, I'd have been like, bro, I'm not climbing that thing. <laughs> we don't have any food or well, water in our systems. They can't go back. Zero didn't want to go back. I guess. So they decide to climb up the mountain, mm-hmm. which is crazy to me. And they are literally, get- I'm sorry, literally watching it, watching it, watching them it gives climb an it up. I like, I could feel my blood like thin. <laughs> like, you know how like when you're going on a roller coaster and you have like butterflies in your stomach? Yeah. That's how I felt when I was watching them climb that mountain. It's wild. It was just so high. Oh, God. Poor things. It's also funny why they didn't go looking for the boys. They're That's the only way they can go. Like, get yeah. in the car and drive that way. It's just, yeah, just... Put put in some effort. Effort. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. It's to not find that you have a car in, in a the desert. desert. There's nothing they could hide from. Yeah, you could literally watch on binoculars right there. Shameful. It's not that far. Yeah. Not that that far. But they're climbing up the mountain. They're getting closer and closer to the big thumb or God's thumb. And while they're doing this, Zero and Stanley or Stanley's still trying to teach Zero how to spell and whatnot. And they get to like this really steep part of the mountain that Zero's able to climb up easily, but Stanley has some difficulty to the to the fact that he almost is about to fall off the mountain. But Zero saves him by like using the shovel to help pull him up. But like he cuts his hands. That scene really bothers me. Yeah, it bothers me too. Because he's holding on to the, the, sh- shovel. the shovel part of the shovel. Yeah, the, like the, the metal part of the shovel. Yeah. And he's hanging on for dear life and he cuts his hands i'm like ouch blisters and not even blisters literally gashes yeah gashes oh so let's continue walking and eventually um zero he falls over in pain and vomits up the sploosh he like faints yeah um because he shouldn't have been eating it and i think it's finally come to to a head and his body's rejecting this disgusting toxicity that he's been putting in his body for the last couple days yeah so stanley's like get up zero we gotta keep going we gotta keep trucking zero is not really functional so stanley takes zero puts him on his back and he carries him up the mountain. Ding, 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 ding. You have ended your family's cards. Come on down. Because <laughs> Madame Zeroni said, if you do not carry Madame Zeroni up the mountain so that I can get big and strong, you and your family will be cursed for all oh, eternity. Zero's last name is it's Hector Zeroni. A descendant. He is the great, great, great grandson of Madame Zeroni. Mm-hmm. Stanley carries Hector up the mountain and breaks the curse. You know what's funny? I want to cry. It's so sweet. It's beautiful. By putting a curse on his family, I feel like she also put a curse on her own family. Like, low-key, yeah. Because her family's not doing well either. I feel like <laughs> the energy They're she not. put out into the world, <laughs> it got to Stanley's family, but it also, like... It also got back to you, sis. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, you put out negativity, you get negativity back. <laughs> like, seriously. I'm like, a firm his, believer in that. His fam- his, their family's not doing well. Is 
you could yeah. say worse. Yeah. You honestly tied this curse to not only his family, but also yours. Yeah. Yeah. But I never noticed when I was a child, like, I really didn't notice this until I watched this movie recently, like, maybe like two or three uh-huh. years ago, that the whole time watching the movie, I never knew that the curse was broken when he carries Hector up the mountain. Okay. Right. Because if you don't watch this movie a hundred times, you'll miss it. So after she carries up the mountain, they drink some water, they eat some onions... And then we cut to Stanley's family. Son, the curse is instantly broken. It's instantly it's, it's broken. It's crazy how right. like like instant, instant. Once he carries him up the mountain, they as soon as they get he carries up to the top of the mountain, they find water. They find onions, onions. which important. Sam's onions. Sam's onions. That's where Sam's little farm was. Yes. I guess. So they find Sam's onions that kept the the lizards away. Remember, the onions kept the lizards away. And they eat. Like, and then mm-hmm. we cut click cut to Stanley's family and we're at his little rinky dink apartment yeah. and his dad miraculously finds the cure he's like making like something accidentally falls into it yeah like an onion falls into it by accident cuz he's like making some type of like concoction over the stove and it's so happens to fall into it. so i mean place it on himself like right. something falls he's like ugh, it wasn't even purpose yeah and he smells the concoction and he realizes that he's finally after all this hard mm-hmm. work has finally found the remedy to what he needs to make shoes smell not stinky so he presents it to his wife and his father and he's like what do you smell and they're like i don't smell anything and he's like say it again and they're like I don't smell anything. I don't smell anything. Say it again. I don't don't smell smell anything. anything. And he's like, the... I don't smell anything. I don't smell anything. The secret? Peaches and and onions. onions. Now that... That guy. I never. I don't think I ever caught that. Um, I don't think I ever caught that either. Peaches and onions. I don't think I ever heard him say Mwah. peaches and onions in the book. Though I, I read it was just peaches, not onions. But well, I gl- I'm glad they did peaches. And onions. I'm glad they did peaches and onions too. It's Love cute. It. Yeah. Sam, Sam and Kate. Kate. Love it last. Love it last. The peaches and the onions. Yes. Everything's just. Everything just connects. Right. It's it full circle. Full circle. Destiny. So, the next morning, Zero's feeling a little a little better, and. After, still at the mountain. So yeah, still at the mountain. mountain. They're they're relaxing. They've eaten tins of onions. Yeah. And they're chomping on them. And Zero finally gets the courage to confess to Stanley that he was the one that stole the shoes. And he's the reason why Stanley is at Camp Green Lake in the first place. Yeah. So he basically runs him the story. He was saying how he was at the little foster home or the shelter home. or the shelter. Whatever. Where they were passing out the shoes. It's like a donation drive. Yeah, and he was like, they're just shoes. It was a donation thing. Yeah. I thought I could just take them, so I took them. And then next thing I know, everybody's going crazy. The shoes are gone, the shoes are gone, the shoes are gone. And so I'm running for my life because I like, hear oops. sirens, I hear the police, so I toss the shoes. And the Which shoes landed in your lap. Funny that, because in the scene, he has his shoes on. These shoes have to be a size Size so like 12. And there's no way that he's, he's got more... four and a half. Yeah. There was no way. I'm like, how is he even how walking is he these fitting shoes? these clown shoes <laughs> on him? He's got them on his feet and he's walking with them. I'm like, oh my God. He looks ridiculous. He looks ridiculous. But so, um, so he reveals that he's the reason why he's in there. And then he says something to, this is where, this is the part that's never made sense to me because Zero says, I got booked for something else like a week later. But how day. was he there before Stanley? Well, so he got arrested the next day. I guess uh, as opposed to Stanley, who 
whose family kind of hired a lawyer. They threw into the court system. Uh, I'm sure when they arrested uh, Stanley, it was like straight off. Okay. He didn't have no fa- he didn't have no people to no due process. Yeah, no due process. He was a ward of the sense. state, and they just sent him off. I guess that makes sense. Um, but Stanley is not upset to hear this. He's got like a over overwhelming fear of like peace, and he's like, "This is destiny. This yeah. is all supposed to happen." He looks very wise in this moment. He's, he's like, like yeah. he's like, yeah. you know what? He's like, I thought all these things were happening to me because of bad luck and my no good, dirty great grandfather and all of these things. Right. We've been cursed. But he's like, I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be here. This is supposed to happen. He's like, this is he's like, this is supposed to happen. And he's like, you know what? I'm feeling lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you know what, Zero? How you feel about us digging one more hole? Uno mas hole. And like, okay. there's like, okay. Okay. Sure. So while they're deciding that, we get a, a cut to back at the camp. Stanley Lawyer has arrived and she wants to talk to Stanley. And the warden and her crew are like, uh, no, you need a, you need a warrant or you need some kind of paper so you can see Stanley. And she's, and the lawyer is pissed, but she's like, I'm going to be back. Yes. And then the warden and her crew are, are like, what the hell are we going to do? Yes. Because Stanley isn't here and they have yet to report him. Right. And now that he's got money, instant money, shmoney, um, he can, he can, they can figure it. They can, yeah, help they can afford stuff. a lawyer and they can actually ask questions and get down to business. So, and then we get a flashback. Of Kate Barlow in the middle of kissing the, Kate Barlow, yes, in the middle of the dried up lake, because this is after Sam's death and the, the lake, lake has, has dried, dried up once Sam dies. Yes, and she's having a hallucination about seeing Sam, and she's like, "I miss you. I want to be with you." And Kate is brought back to reality by Trout and his wife, and they look dirty and poor and country. Oh, how the mighty have, have fallen. fallen. Mm-hmm. That is. From riches to rags, to riches. a reverse Danny, mm-hmm. and they are holding her at gunpoint. And, and I also, want to point out that his wife, the the chick that's with Trout, is one of was one of Catherine's her st- former students. students which so is disgusting, young. And she's and they're asking her to tell her to tell them where she hid her loot because now Trout's family have no money. The town is washed up. They have no assets, and they want her, the money that. Probably part of it is probably a bank. She probably stole right, from one she of the banks. Stole from him at one and point. they want all her loot from all her her findings. I did read in the I did read from the summary in the book that they because she had went back to the town and was living there for like three three months, and then they found Before. her and held her by gunpoint and were like, "Show us the loot." But they like kind of tortured her a little bit. They like tied her up by her like arms and her legs, yeah. and they were like beating her kind of. And then she stumbled upon a lizard and got bit, but. It's a little different. They left out the toilet. Oh yeah, part. I did read that. Um, yeah, she got in the book. She got bit by a lizard by mistake. Fake. Yeah. yeah. You know what's also funny? Hmm. She's leaning on Sam's, Sam's boat. boat. Yeah, that's so sweet. You think mm-hmm. she found it on purpose? Okay. Anywho, so she sees. So she refuses. Them. Yeah. They're pointing a gun at her. They're like, "Where's the loot?" And she's like, "You, your children, and your children's children will dig for the next one hundred years, and you will never find." And she was right. She was yeah, literally yeah. right. A hundred years. It's a hundred years. It's literally later. been a hundred years, and his children's children are, in fact, the warden yes. is looking for the money. Words and have powers. Yeah, <laughs> they do. Everyone's words here are very literally. Yes. For, and literally. they literally. literally, she was right. She was like, literally. and they will never find it. Mm-hmm. And they don't. And then 
as she's saying that, a little yellow-spotted lizard comes up. She takes the lizard, and she puts the lizard on her wrist, and the lizard bites her. And I guess she kind of ultimately commits suicide. Mm-hmm. And she dies. But in a very nice way. Yeah. She's kind of just like, you know what? I'm ready to be with my man. Yeah. Which, that was a good flashback because we know, because now we're learning about the loot. Because this whole time, we don't really know what they're looking for until right now. Yeah. We're looking for the loot. So, Stanley and Zero sneak back closer to the camp. And they find the hole where they um where they found the lipstick because there's a rock there that Stanley remembers. And they begin to dig. And while they're digging, they finally come across the treasure chest of money and loot or whatever. But literally at the exact moment they find it, they hear the warden's voice and they look up and they see Dr. Podiski, the warden, and Mr. Sir standing around the hole. And they're yeah. like, hey, boys. Fancy meeting you here. <laughs> <laughs> nice nice to see you right. all once again. And at, also at that exact moment, like, Buku lizards come out of nowhere there, and they're like all over the box, all over the boys. Also, where are these lizards coming from? Leaping lizards. Are they coming from a hole? They weren't there five seconds ago. I'm, yeah. like, I'm not really sure where they come from. Yeah, but they... doesn't make any sense. But <laughs> they're everywhere. They're everywhere. But the lizards do not bite them. Uh, to the counselors of... Uh, they're very upset to see that they're not getting bit. <laughs> yes, they're like, they're like, as soon as the lizards pop up, they're like, okay, we'll great. just wait here. In a couple of minutes, the lizards will bite them and they'll die, and then we could go ahead and take get the, the loot. And then we'll take just the loot. and we'll just say the boys tried to run off. They fell in the hole and they got bitten. Yeah, which should have been a perfect. Line. Literally, they're saying in front of them like how the plot of how they intend to murder them and like get away with yes. it in front of them, which is horrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible. And then, and then they're like, they say something about like, oh, they say something about zero, and they're like, okay, and what? About zero and they're like and then the one's like we can put him in any hole i was like oh that's horrible he's like Very 11 horrible. and you're saying you'll just dump his body in a hole she's like oh we can God. pick from any of these holes she's like ain't nobody gonna miss him ah horrendous that's but anywho terrible. could you imagine so, burying a child i don't know oh, that's, that's messed disgusting. up disgusting. and then to their demise um, the boys do not get eaten or bit, excuse mm-hmm. me, by the lizards. Why? Because they have been eating onions yeah, for the past day and a half. And the lizards don't like, like onions. onions. Why? It. Because Sam, at the beginning of the movie, in his flashback, said, my lizard onion juice or my onion juice will keep the yellow spotted oh, lizards away. Right. And they've been eating onions because the that is time. the cure. And then while the, also while the boys were down there, Dr. Padisky so happily tells Stanley... Ha ha ha, you're going to be released and you've been proven innocent, but now you're going to die. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, ha 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 ha, in your face. Okay, and then also the warden also mentions that she's so happy and relieved to finally find this treasure. And she tells everyone that her grandfather was also looking for the treasure and he would make her dig and dig even on Christmas. I'm tired of this, Grandpa. That's too damn bad. You keep digging! Well, excuse me. That's the flashback we get. So, that morning, the boys are still alive, The um, and the warden, and everyone is very unhappy to see this. I wonder yeah, who's watching the boys. Hours, they literally watch them in the cave, hoping that they'll get bit by Who's the watching lizards? the boys? Exactly. There's only, three, there's only three counselors, and no one's watching those there boys. There is no rule or rhyme or reason <laughs> to this <laughs> camp. So, the boys are still alive in the hole. And at the same time, the warden sees um, Stanley's lawyer pulling up in her car in the distance. And the warden's like, I don't know if she sends off to go try to, like, dissolve that. But anywho, 
the I guess whoever was sent to distract them didn't do a good job. And the lawyer, along with the cop, stumble upon the scene of Zero and Stanley hanging out in a hole surrounded by dangerous, poisonous lizards. And they're like, what are y'all doing? Like, are you Why are y'all letting these children <laughs> just sit in this yeah, hole with these lizards? The, the cop is like, how long have they been here? The warden, basically she accuses Stanley of being thief. a thief. And then Stanley is like, excuse me? What? A thief? And he's not having it. No. He does he that was a trigger word for him. Yeah. And so he hops. He's probably out. tired of accused yes. of, of being a thief. He's uh-huh. a tired he's tired of this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so he hops out and he's like, I didn't steal anything. And then Zero, um at some point Zero looks yeah. at the tress and is like, Stanley, isn't Yelnats your first name spelled backwards? And he's like, yeah, yeah. it is. So and weird. then so Stanley hops out and he's like, I didn't steal anything. Mm-hmm. And then Zero hops out and he's like, yeah, he didn't steal, steal anything. This is his. It has his name on it. She was like, she was like, this is mine. It was found on my property. And he was like, it has Stanley's name on it. And she's like, that's not possible. And then he spells. He's like, yes, because he can read now. I don't know if that's enough for me. I'm like, mm. Is it technically his? I'm like, could we contest this in court? I mean, you probably could take it to court, but honestly, regardless, like if you find a missing car on, I think she was trying to say like, because it was on my property, it's hers. Ma'am, if I lose my car on your property, it doesn't make my car yours. Mm, True. So my name's on it. My name, my name's on that car. My name's Mm -hmm. on this chest. It's mine, baby. I feel like, yeah, interesting. I wonder how that goes. Like, who, like, if I find treasure, like, who right. does this go to? I mean, his name is on it. His name is but on it. But Zero's like, it's his. See? Stanley Yale Nats. Which is great that they kept that, that name keep go- that right. name going. Because if his name was freaking Jonathan, yeah, we'd be out of luck. Yeah. The lawyer lady's basically like, okay, it's time for us to go. Stanley, grab your things. We're out of here. Let's and then go. Stanley's like, okay, come on, Zero. So then they head back to the camp. Yeah. And now the boys are happy to see that Zero and Stanley are alive. They're like, hey, they're they're still alive, guys. So once they get back to the camp, Stanley is like, the lawyer's like, let's go. And Stanley's like, I'm not leaving without Zero. And the lawyer's like, I I really don't like it here. I'm ready to go. (laughs) And she's like, I can't. She's like, I can't really do anything for your friend. And then he's like, I'm not leaving without Stanley. She's like, oh, fine. And then so she asks for the file. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Little do, unbeknownst to them, though, the warden and Pazinski and Sir have destroyed I his file. I love seeing Dr. Pazinski's face in that scene. He's like, he thought he, he thought he was so smart. And he thought he was like, oh, yeah, he's nobody. No one's going to ask for him. Yeah. And he just knew that this was going to work. And his face, when he when she asked for it, he's like, <laughs> he's like, oh. oh, and like him and the warden look at each other, and oh she's like, "Just get it." And he's like, "Well, what the hell do you want me to get?" He's <laughs> pretend, pretend to, to get a file. So he goes to get the file. Meanwhile, um, armpit goes up to the lord and is like, "Hey, lady, do you have a pen?" And she's like, "I don't have a pen," but he does, talking about Mister Sir. And um, Sir's like covering his face. Yeah, he's like covering his face with a clipboard. He's being very uh, she, weird. Yeah, he's being very weird. It's very quiet. Yeah, which yeah. is very unlike him. Mm-hmm. So the lawyer is like, "Hey, Mister Sir, do you have a pen?" And she's like, "Yeah." And she's like, "What about a paper?" And he's like, oh, "Fine." So he hands over the pen yeah. and the clipboard that he's using to hide his face. And then as soon as he does that, the cop that is accompanying the lawyer notices Mister Sir yeah, she's like, and hey. identifies him as a Marion Silvio, who is a ex criminal and on parole, who is 
violating his parole by having a gun <laughs> or an arm or weapon. And he's been using that gun to not only shoot yellow spotted lizards, but also at points try to shoot the children. Yes. And he's also watching children as a on parole, which I feel like he should not should probably shouldn't doing being in charge of children. Correct. So once the cop realizes who he is, he's like, you're in violation of your parole. It's been a long time, long time. No see old friend. So he um, basically, yeah, I wonder what he did too. He basically cuffs him up and the warden was like, oh my goodness, an ex-con, a criminal. I had no no idea idea of this. And then Mr. Sir is like, yeah, sure. Just like you knew that Dr. Pazinski wasn't no doctor. And he's like, cats out of the bag right so, oh i revelation that. after revelation yeah you don't hear him say that no that's probably writing notes too fast but yeah yeah so she was like yeah just like he's like just like how you knew pazinski wasn't no doctor i don't know what is he i wonder right so at this point the lawyer's like ma'am what kind of camp are you running right here? <laughs> <laughs> like what is going on here she's like, and then she's like questions. i'm running a good one <laughs> obviously <laughs> and then basically the cop's like okay well it's obviously that all of you need to be arrested instant investigation so they're put all put in handcuffs yes. and at that moment um stanley and the lawyer is basically like to stanley she's like let's get out of here it's time for us to go they take zero with us or take zero writing. with them and then right before they all get in the car um it begins to rain for the first time in a hundred for years. the first time in a hundred years it begins to rain mm-hmm. in that dried up depressing desert and x-ray comes out he says his goodbyes to stanley armpit comes out they're all saying goodbye to each mm-hmm. other and he's like take it easy out there in the real world this is the kicker <laughs> this is what he said that really got me gooped and gagged. You want to know what he says to Stanley? He says, not everybody's going to be as nice and friendly to you like we were. He was like, take it easy out there. (laughs) Come again? I mean, they were kind of nice. No. They were mean to him, but like when it came down to him getting bullied, they were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's our friend. No, they they were horrible. They were horrible. They could have been worse. No, they were the worst friends, uh, confidants, peers I've ever seen in my entire life. They could have been mean to him. They could also join Mr. Sir, the warden, and Dr. Pazinski. Oh, no. Maybe X-Ray, but everyone else. And Zigzag. But they're all basically saying their goodbyes. The boys are like all happy, jumping up and down. Yes. Freedom. Stanley and... um, Zero, get in the car and they drive off, drive off in the sunset. Yes. I love that. How he was like, I'm not leaving without him. Yeah. No. Because he'd be dead. Zero's like, I'll be fine. He's like, no. You're they would have killed him, I think. Probably. I think it would have killed him. It, yeah, it wouldn't have been a, a safe environment for Mm-mm. him to stay. He would have died. <laughs> I'm not joking. They would have killed him. I mean, died. they arrested them, so. Oh, yeah. Had they not have arrested him, okay, yeah, he probably, yeah. it wouldn't have been a safe yeah, environment for him to stay. Right. But cut scene to the next um scene. next scene cut scene, <laughs> cut to, scene the to the next, next scene. scene um we are now at stanley's house mm-hmm. um the grandpa the dad the mom they're all in the kitchen they're looking over the treasure chest and they're like whatever we find in here we're just gonna agree that this doesn't change us as a family Hello. we still love each other why would that change y'all i don't know like y'all aren't gonna money change each other but mo money mo props but whatever she's like we're not gonna change as a family and then stanley's like okay before we begin it's only fair that whatever is in this trunk we split half of it with my best friend hector zaroni and then the grant half that's a little much. I when I heard, half, I was like, "Huh, oh. half." I'm like, twenty five percent, literally. And then the grandpa was like, "Did you just say your last name was Zeroni?" And Zero's like, "Sure did." 
And he's like, oh my goodness. So he realizes that he is a descendant of Madame Saran. <laughs> so while they're going through the loot, they find these tickets that are saying, or some kind of check or certificate. Um, that's worth stocks. Stocks. Like a, like a, oh yeah. Like, like old time stock, stock receipt or yeah, something Yeah, like a stock like receipt. Yeah, that's what it is. And it's worth $25,000 back then. From AT&T. Yeah. Is that what it was? It's AT&T. Oh, wow. That's hilarious. That's what they said. Yeah. They, it was well, they did say that from AT&T. So is, now it's worth like a million. Yes. And there was a couple of them. Yeah. And there was like 10 of them in there. And there that's was, that's the stock market big hit that the great, great, great grandfather, grandfather. Yeah. Or Elna's struck. Yeah. So no, no, Stanley the first. Now, struck. basically, it all kind of comes together. Cut scene to another scene. And we now <laughs> see Hector... And Stanley, they are now next door neighbors. They oh, are, are you now... calling him by his real name? I was like, who the hell is Hector? <laughs> but yes. <laughs> they are now filthy rich and they're at like, they're having this like pool party. And now we see the mom running out and she's like, come on, everybody. It's on, it's on, it's on. And they all go to the kitchen and we see a commercial with the, um, Clyde. Clyde Livingston, the man who they accused Stanley of stealing his shoes Which from. I wouldn't want to talk to him. because Yeah, he, I was like, who invited him? Because he was the reason why he went to jail. Like, he should have been like, don't worry about it. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, <laughs> I donated shoes. those shoes. I have other shoes y'all can give to him. Don't yeah. throw this poor, innocent child into into jail for stealing something that was technically free. Yeah, and we didn't talk about it, but he literally testified against Stanley. Yeah, he was like, you're a terrible person. Or yeah, like he that. was like, you're no fan of mine. Send him to jail. Yes. And now you're in my parents' commercial. Get out of here. But right. anywho. So Clyde Livingston is at the pool party. I don't know who invited him. But the mom's like, everybody come to the kitchen. So we see a commercial for, and we see Clyde Livingston. He's talking about, no one wants to sit out, sit next to me in the dugout because my feet were so stinky. But now I use sploosh, which is what Stanley called the concoction right. of sploosh. peaches. And that is what the remedy is that Stanley's father came up with, which is peaches and onions to make shoes not smelly. Tight to tight. And then also, we forgot to mention that Zero, in the end, oh, Hector, in the end, hires a private investigator. With all the money that they now have, yeah. Yes, to find his mom and the two reunite. Yes, that also happened. And because... He spent his whole life looking for her, but she was also looking, looking for him. him. Which is, I'm sure, it's so hard to find those court systems. Yes. Especially, I'm sure, that they, that judge um, sold him off to that camp. Yes. And she got something. And then we also learned that the camp... We learned a lot of things. ...was closed. And it that... converted into a girl's camp. The girl's camp, and all the boys were sent to real counselors. And yeah, that was, a, that was my last part. <laughs> and at the girl's camp... Um, they don't have to worry about the yellow spotted litters, lizards as long as they eat onions. Um, and it rains now. It rains or something. The, the, there's there's a lake. There's officially a lake now. Yeah, the lake came back or something. Yeah. And in the end of the movie, they end up they ended off with a nice little group rap song. Can you play it at the end? Oh yeah, I will. Oh great. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> can't do too i don't i'm always afraid to do too much i'm like i don't know what the laws are but i'll do, I'll do a little clip <laughs> i don't know what the laws are okay that's fair but yeah so all well that ends well the boys become well they were already best friends but they become next door neighbors yeah. become filthy rich and that is the story how the great great grandson of stanley yelnats and the great 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 grandson of madame zaroni became best friends and next door neighbors wonderful their kids should get married yeah someone should have a boy and someone should have a girl yeah so lovely. Mm. Um. So anybody who was able to follow along this whole time, kudos to you because ugh, that was, that was what? doozy. Yeah. This 
this movie it's hard it's for adults <laughs> I don't know how like we were children watching that movie because it's a lot to follow. Yeah, there's a lot of symbolism. It's a lot of symbolism. A lot of like you really got to pay attention. Something the, the thing with the Rock and him knowing, and we didn't even mention that. I did. I mentioned the Rock. I mean, we mentioned it in the beginning, but when, I don't think we mentioned it when Sin was like, "Oh, I'm feeling lucky," and they're like, "Let's go back," and he's like, "Oh, do you think it's right here?" And he's like, "Yeah, because of the Rock." Rock. We never <laughs> mentioned it. Oh, whatever. Close enough. But it's like good. even the Rock thing. I was like, "Who the fuck was ever supposed to know that?" That's right. Yeah. So, a lot of a lot of t- a lot of tiny details, but yeah, um, this was fun. If you haven't seen the movie, definitely watch it. Yeah. Or if you haven't watched it in a while, definitely watch it now because psh, so many <laughs> eye-opening moments right. will happen for you. Sorry, if snor- snoring is that the word? Yes. No, I'm yawning. Snor- oh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm doing I was something. like, yes, that is the word. You're clearly <laughs> snoring, snoring, <laughs> snoring, Jordan. Okay, guys. I guess we're going to head out. Our next um, episode is going to be a Christmas episode, so tune in. And like, comment, review, subscribe. Yes. Download. Kisses. And I'm going to go ahead and let Holes play us out. Bye, guys. Bye. You'll love the song.